this week we had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Nick Baden. Now, if I could describe him in one word, it would be style, period. The dude looks good on a snowboard. I didn't really know much about him before this, so it was fun to chat with him, get inside his brain. He's got a very raw, a very real outlook on snowboarding. He has some really interesting stuff from his formative years, some big Red Bull contracts and Burton contracts at a young age. Ultimately, it was just, it was a pleasure chatting with Nick. Now, before we get into this episode, I do got to brief you guys on some new items in the store. We got these brand new t-shirts inspired by our intro. It's the Big Nice Burgundy t-shirt with the quote on it from the intro of our podcast. We also have mugs. We've been sold out of them forever. So you can find those at bombhole.com. Check them out if you're interested. Now let's get into episode 45, Nick Baden. You are listening to the Bombhole. Bombhole Podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the Bombhole. going to slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice, burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. We are back in the booth. Welcome to the Bomb Hole, presented by Wild Mike's Ultimate Pizza, Solomon, and Pub Beer. Now, Stony Buds, how we doing, my friend? Let's get it, dog. Let's get it. Um, we have the Colorado kid, Nick Baden, in the booth. What's going on, Nick? What up, guys? Honored to be here. Thank you. We are very happy you're here. Uh, one of our favorite things to do on this podcast is uh, make fun of Colorado. So, uh, we... Do you have any, like, words sticking up for it? Do you rep Rado? Are you back I mean, in Rado? the most beautiful state in the country. Uh, That's a heavy Maybe claim. the world places, <laughs> places open fields as well as big mountains. And then, you know, you got it all, like, winter, summer, fall, spring. I actually couldn't say enough good things about Colorado. But what, what I'm also say? down for the hate, you know. There's what? a lot of hate for Colorado in our uh, group of friends. A lot so. of traffic. A lot of... Angry traffic, I guess. There's not much actual snowboard traffic going through there these days. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, but if you live in Denver or yeah. Boulder and you want to go to the mountains, it's then almost then you got impossible. traffic going to that. It's, it's yeah. almost an impossibility. Who's the Who's yeah. the king of Rado? Yeah, who is the king of Rado? Chado. Yes, he is. I mean, that's not even. We got to give him an air horn. That is a stupid question. <laughs> I you got Doran Laborn there too, and they're oh, kind of like Doran holds it down. They're a duel. They work together. So, is Red Gerard? Is he Rado or is he Ohio? He's a Brown, um, Browns fan. Yeah, he's definitely, he reps Cleveland pretty hard. He's been pretty down with Cleveland the last couple of years. He hasn't really been running Rado. But. W- would you consider yourself the prince of Rado, by any chance? <laughs> I don't think I would consider myself the prince, but. Uh, I think we're going to consider you the prince. <laughs> I don't think I'm the prince. We'll give Chado the king, and I'll be like a normal Whatever a normal person is, you know? <laughs> nah, we're going to go friends. Yeah, I'll be civilian. <laughs> okay, let's talk other Rado shit real quick. You rock studded snows. That's some Rado shit. What? Studded, studded snow oh, tires? Oh, no. I did rock studded tires for one year. I got a uh, Forerunner, and they had studded tires on them, so I ran them. Since then, I have not run studs, and we, I don't support studs. Is I everyone guess. still driving Audis over there? There's a couple of people driving Audis. I guess I haven't noticed a real Audi trend. Yeah. Um, my mom just got an Audi. Oh, there's, there's an Audi trend. <laughs> so busted. Let's give your mom an air horn. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, I was talking to Red Gerard, uh, current Olympic gold medalist, uh, getting some intel on yourself. Worst dude ever. Yeah, worst dude ever. Let's give him a little gunshot. <laughs> and uh, he said, first thing you brought up, 
Disney Next X. Can you explain and elaborate what that is? Yeah, so it's like, uh, it was for, I think they did it a few years. Um, it was like four kids. I was, I think, 12 or 13, and then Red was two years younger than me, so he was like nine or 10, and then there was two skier kids. And then, so they did that like a few years. I, I don't know what year we were, you know, but uh, Danny Cass was our coach. Sarah Burke was the ski coach. And that's where I met Red, and, like, he came with his brothers and his parents. And we all stayed at the same hotel. Like, it was sick. We would hot tub and, like, whatever. We hung out, and then, yeah, I got to meet his family. Like, his little sister, who's now, like, 12, was, like, pretty much a baby. It was cool. And then I would see him coming after that, like, pretty often. And, yeah, Danny Cassie gave me, like, sick grenade stickers he gave me this grenade sticker that said Gretchen is hot I put that like in between my bindings I was psyched on it and then if you win you get to pre-run the x games half pipe for like it's not the finals it's just qualifying but like it's nighttime and it's baller and I ended up winning and it was sick I like knew some people that were in the contest as well so that was cool but I had to, you have to like put stickers or uh duct tape over your goggles you know you can't have logos because it's a Disney thing so, but yeah, it was cool. Disney Next X Champion. So it's like yeah, a, it's like a contest, mm-hmm. and then you but, get to pre run. It's the a pipe few days, open. and like you learn a uh, you learn a trick. Like there's a goal for each person. And uh. like you kind of ride, and then there's like these weird interview things, and then like we would all do homework together, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it airs on Disney. Yeah, Channel. I don't even know if it was like on. It must have been like must have been just like a half hour thing, though. Yeah. I don't think it was like episodes, you know, but. Yeah, Danny Cass was the coach. It was sick. Our so, families were there. It was cool. Dude, I bet Danny pulled down some chatter doing something like that. I have to remember to ask him when he rolls through here one day. Yeah. Yeah, another thing Red said, talking about you back in the day, he goes, dude, did you you ever see footage of Nick back in the day? Quote, unquote, he's like, Nick was a jock. <laughs> Yo, straight <laughs> up. so happy to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Red was a jock. Uh, no. I was too. Whatever. Uh, and that's sick. Like, yo, if you're going to get good, like jock it for a little bit and you'll get good. Like, I think at this day and age, it's probably right. If you're trying to be a competitor, ride all the time. And if you're in the contest thing, like you gotta be a jock. Everybody else is out there every day, like actually scaring themselves every day. So whatever, Red can call me a jock. I'll I'll own it. <laughs> like kind of bummed, but I'll own it at the same time. Athlete at the end of the day, the days of these no. guys that are just drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and I, not for the, training. For the record, I don't look at jock as a derogatory term. By the way, I love sports, and uh, but yeah, going back to to that, like I think it's a really good thing for people to hear. And y- you know, you it's hard to get good as you get older. Like, it's like, fuck it. If you're going to get good, get really good as a kid and just jock out. And then... Dude, and you don't care. Like, you're down to go to the train park all day. Like, mm-hmm. 9 to 3, boom. It's fun. And there's a couple people who are your age, or at least for me, there was people my age that were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, let's do it. It wasn't even... There was, like, no question, you know. If you learn a trick when you're 12, you're going to be able to do it for the rest of your life. No doubt. Like, it's... There, but it's like when you're you wait, 33, guys, you wait, when guys. you're 33, you're like, okay, here we go. Oh, shit. Um, as far as learning a trick, yeah, learning a trick, for, yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm gonna go learn cab nines today at 45. <laughs> Not happening. Today's my day. So, there's an edit out there called hashtag Nick Baden on yeah. Vimeo. That shit is heat, dude. 
different. I'm glad you liked it. Different Nick Baden than we see today. Um, he's rocking Red Bull helmet. Rode for for uh, Burton, and yep. yeah, pretty tight pants. Paint us a picture of that time period in your life and what that Nick Baden was all about. Um. Yeah, same person. <laughs> I mean, uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, same, yeah, same person. Man. I know. I know what like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It was like most of that was at the Red Bull camp. You know, like they would do a camp in Aspen at the end of the year um, for like a week or two, where we would get sled laps. Like the mountains already closed. It's on the X Games like half pipe and slope style course, so you're like on the same jumps, riding the same half pipe, staying at this baller hotel, like. And you just rode every day. There was people at the bottom. Like, everyone's there to help you, you know? Like, it is kind of weird, but um, I guess for me, like, around that time, it was, like, just snowboard a lot as much as you can, and, like, things will happen, you know? And that was, like, kind of when, like, Seb Toots and Mark McMorris, like, were winning X Games, like, just started, and were, like, doing double corks and killing it and, like the one option is to, like, try tricks every day and get better and fall. And so I think that's what that time was for me. It was, like, really scare yourself and learn these moves and learn how to fall. And then during that whole time, like, meeting cool people too, you know? Like, it's not – like, a lot of people at those camps would be older than me, and I would meet them, and they would kind of be on a different wave than, say – like, I would room with Scotty James sometimes, you know, and, like – people are just on different waves and that's the way it is. Like a lot of people like would go to those camps would be like some skier who's winning the X games, but maybe he's also like filming some shit and he's like, doesn't really care that much to be at the training camp at the same time. You know, he's like, it's a spring session. It's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what that time was. How old were you? Um, I was on Red Bull till I was like 15 or maybe like 17 actually. Uh, I got on when I was 13. How does a young kid actually, like, get into these things? You know, at 13. Um, How do you get picked? Dude, so I was actually thinking about this last night um, because coming here, and I was like, it seems like when I was, like, 9 to 12, there was these kids that, like, Ferguson's were, like, on Burton, you know, and probably younger than 9, you know, maybe 7 or something, you know, like, whatever. These people are, like, on Burton, and they're like, you're seeing internet videos and you're like Kyle Mack. I remember seeing him. He was like 12 at super park hitting this hundred foot jump. Like yeah, I remember sorry. seeing that. And that's like on the Burton website that you're like seeing, you know? And I was, I was like, what the fuck? Like this person is the same age and is killing it. And so there was like, I, I don't see as many kids like getting like a Grom on the team, you know, who's like actually part of it. And like, getting a little bit of guap and, like, maybe going on, like, a jump shoot, you know, a spring jump shoot or something like that. That was, like, pretty normal. And so I think, like, my dad would help and going to USASA Nationals and stuff would help and, like, whatever. You start to meet people. You send emails. Like, you send this clip that you did or you send your results from the year and, like, all of a sudden you get some stickers or something, you know, like you get stickers. And then like, I remember uh, like Cody Warble's dad is Eric Warble. He was an Oakley rep for a long time. And like the fucking man, 
But I remember seeing him at the local snowboard shop, Powder Tools. And he was stocking the Oakley, like, shelf, you know? And he was like, yo, like, what up? And, I, and like, that was one thing where I was like, yo, like, that's sick, you know? And I've traveled, like, with that family, like, quite a bit since then, you know? Um, but, yeah, I guess you just meet people. But it is weird looking back. Like, it was normal, I felt like, at that time to be like, oh, I want to be on that Burton trip or, like, why aren't I there, you know? Why is that person there? And now it's kind of more rare, I think. That's interesting. Well, you're also probably getting good, too, I'd imagine, right? That's that's, yeah. a, that's a factor that, that plays. Some people are, how do I get sponsored? Well, you have to be fucking good at snowboarding. Yeah. Sometimes people forget <laughs> that. <laughs> no doubt. Key ingredient. It's actually no the doubt. key ingredient. And, but another, another thing I heard there, too, is like, oh, I, I met, you know, Cody's dad at the at a snowboard shop. That's such a crucial thing for people to to hear it's like oh i met this person at a you know shops are you got to meet people in person you got to get out there and and then one last thing i wanted to highlight is that earlier you said um i how did you put it you're like uh oh at the oakley thing i learned how to fall yeah yeah can you talk about that yeah i mean like you're going to these red bull camps and like, there's good people there, you know, doing NAR stuff and, like, there's it's not like the mountain's open and you're just cruising. Like, it's kind of intense and there's people up top and there's people at the bottom and there's, like, somebody making food. And so it's, like, you're not there to not try things. And through that, it's just, like, you got to get scared and you got to fall. And there's, like, no other way around it than to, like, trial and error. Boom, boom, boom. And most of the time, like, you won't fall and die, you know? You're going to fall, and it's going to be fine. And then you'll fall, and it might hurt a little bit. And then you'll land it. Or maybe not. Yeah, that's the thing. Getting, as you get better at jumping, you kind of start to trust your air awareness a little bit where you totally. know, like, oh, I'm I'm going for this trick, but I know I can kind of squirm my way out of it and get my board under me right. if I'm at, like, five and it's not looking right. Exactly. Right? Is that what you're kind of describing? Yeah, like, you'll be trying a 720 or a 900, and it's whatever off the takeoff you're like this isn't working and maybe you try to land 540 because that's the only thing that works in the air Mm -hmm. you know but that you only learn from trying Mm -hmm. and i think that that was like that was important for me because i would try stuff every day and it would be scary and like that's cool you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's cool to scare the shit out of yourself yeah well if you're not trying you might not get invited back either i imagine right dude and that was the thing like i remember talking to my dad and stuff too before and it was like not like yo, you better learn 10 tricks or you're fired, you know? But it's like, you better go and try your hardest or else, like, they're not down. Yeah. They don't want you. They're going to pick up on it. Yeah. They're scouting in a way, you know? For sure. And, like, I was 14 or something. Like, they don't, they'll go for the next kid who's 13 who is trying. So you uh, landed a triple, or is it a triple cork? Yeah, triple cork. Yep. in that edit, hashtag yep. Nick Baden, which you guys should watch. Uh, <laughs> Get those views up. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, and uh, fucking, dude, how old were you when you landed a goddamn triple cork? That was like early forefront of triple corks. Right? Yeah, it wasn't like, they were pretty norm, like whatever, X Games. And dude, I think Marcus Cleveland did one like a couple weeks before and Instagram was a thing and I saw that and I was rooming with Scotty James and he did one like the day before. I was like, "Fuck, I gotta, I gotta just do one," you know. And I tried so many times. Like, 
I tried for a day on the, it's like the last, it's a pretty big jump. It's like the X Games last jump, but it was super slushy. Nobody's really hitting it. It's snowmobile laps. And I landed on my back like 10 times, 15 times, you know, and kind of landed one and never tried one again or something. I was going to ask, that was my next question. Do you still got that trick? No, I like did it once and then obviously didn't try it again that day. Like, yeah. Awesome. And then. I went to uh, Whistler, like Camp of Champions, that summer, and I remember Kyle Mack was try or like trying them, and it was a pretty small jump, and I was like, "Fuck it, I gotta try one now," and just landed on my back like twice, and then late, and then like the next winter, there I went to Aaron Style, and everyone was doing them there. I was like, "Fuck it, I gotta try one." Tried it, landed on my back, and that was the last one I tried. <laughs> like. So- that was kind of embarrassing, you know, like at a contest and you just splat on your back, like not doing something that you really want to do. Yeah. It's like, I think Ho- homie at X Games this year, Japanese homie, Ooh. dude, you, was you, getting bodied. Would, Did you watch that? Shit? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, what are your. Dude, just, and he's sick. Yeah. Like, oh, so. He dope. laced a couple jumps before that. What's his name? That's what's so gnar. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on I it. I forget his name. Yeah. Uh, it's not Yuki, right? No, it's Yuki's homie. Oh, my God, I forget his name, but... I got a question for you, Nick. Um, basically, I don't know if you watch the X Games, but they they were doing 1800s, which is two 900s, Crazy. by the way, off of one jump. Um, and uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on those, on those big time, like, what, what's your thoughts on an 1800? I don't really want to try one. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if, if, if you want to, go for it. I wouldn't if it was me, but I mean, uh, do you have to? If to win, you have to. You, you have, have to. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Like, what? There's no other option. Like, I think there was a few people that did an 1800 this year, right? And yeah. like, it's a quad cork usually, and it's a whirlwind. And like, they land it. I don't know. Like, if I if they didn't land it, I think I would talk more shit on it. But if they're doing it and landing it, I guess good on them. Um, but I wouldn't want to be in the big air contest when people are doing that. Like, I don't know where I would I think fit in. You know? There should be two big air contests or one that is judged like this. Should be like one big trick, like a fucking call it an eighteen hundred. Yeah. And then there should be a mandatory nine hundred and under. Mm. Like so like imagine a back rodeo nine yeah. and then a front fourteen yep. or what nose grab or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or 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 kind of like Put more value on... On the tweak and the style. The twe- yeah, I don't know. Maybe just emphasize the tweak and whatnot. What do you think? I actually saw one. It was called Freestyle CH, and it was like a, a city big air in Zurich or something, Zurich. I think. Yeah, yeah, I've been to that contest before. You have? Mm-hmm. And it looks mad fun, but I remember one year they did that format, actually. It was like 720 or less, and then one trick that's up to you. And it was maybe like a three-run format, so if you fell once, you could choose whatever. But... I think that would be beneficial for the viewer and the athlete. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, would other people really care about like that? I don't know. Like, Dude. Because you and I would, you know, but like, I don't know if like homie in New York City watching would be like, oh, Sick 540, <laughs> you know, like I just saw this dude doing 1900 and he laced it and flipped four times. Now you did a 540, like that was cool, but. Yeah, I wonder what's Why don't more you impressive just do another layman, one, huh? you know? You almost need the you need them to balance each other out. Yeah. You need like the fi- like you need the saying. 540 to complement the 1900. That's where I think like a slope style contest could be sicker if it was more like 
less trick based, which is hard to say, like judging some judging a trick contest, not as much on the difficulty of the trick, but like you watched X games and like, basically you got to do something gnarly on every jump. And then like kind of on the rails, you can get away with like not doing something super gnarly, but like you got to lace it, you know, but it would be sick if like somebody did do a back five on a jump and then into a cab 14 if you wanted to, but it's like, at least there's a couple hits in there or like in a half pipe run, somebody does a straight air or an alley-oop or something, you know? I think that would add to it instead of like a big air contest where it's like maybe the big air, that's just what it's for. Like you just get Mm -hmm. as gnarly as you can. And then something like a slope style where it's like an overall thing would be a better place for something like that. But I don't know. But dude, take, take, I don't know the formula. For example, take tour gears, switchback five method. Yeah. Like, Anybody can watch that and be like, holy shit, that was like, he's upside down yeah, tweaking like he's like Gary A. Hawkinson out there. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this kind of pivots uh, us to something I want to talk to you about, and that is coaching and snowboarding. Thoughts? I don't think it's a bad thing. I've, I uh, grew up, I grew up in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and they call it Ski Town USA. And, um, they're like, they're psyched because the winter, the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club is like the, the ski and snowboard group there, you know, and they've had like countless Olympians come out of that program. So they're like, Steamboat's known for like pumping out Olympians. And, um, so I grew up part of the Winter Sports Club since I was like four, like forever. Um, so I've always kind of had a coach, but like. I think there's a way to be a better coach than others, you know? Like, you could be a dickhead and be mean and, like, only care about the competition at hand, you know? When really, like, I remember my coach one time, it was nationals or something, and I was freaking out, and I was probably, like, 13 or 12 or something. And they were like, it's okay. Like, it's nationals, you know? Like, next year you're going to have a revolution tour or something. And she was just talking about how there is, like, a bigger picture, and I think... As a coach, that is what maybe should be taught more than just, like, snowboard technique. I just, I've had, like, really cool coaches for me, so, that have taught me way more than just snowboarding, you know. Like, I spent time with Bill Enos. I spent a couple years with him, pretty much. Like, off and on, I would be with him, like, all year, you know. And we would share rooms, and he would just, like, give me advice about how to do better on the course the next day, but then, like... Everything he talked about was about girls. Like, every (laughs) analogy would be about girls, you know? So he'd be like, you know, there was this one girl that I, like, I was making out with her or something, and I I made a move too fast. Like, can't make a move too fast, you know? And, like, (laughs) that to to me, like, that stuck with me more than, like, when you're on the takeoff, wait, you know? It's, like, this little analogy of this person who I look up to and is funny and, like, gives me shit, you know? It's not like a coach who's just like, you're killing it, man. Like, I don't know. Like, bend your knees. You're going to do great. You know, he was more of like a homie that would like be like, yo, you're not riding that good today, you know? Or like, I knew I knew you were drinking last night. Like, <laughs> that's not good. You know, like whatever it is, he would be there. And I think a coach for those reasons is actually pretty cool. Yeah, going, going back to that, it, 
Bill Bill life Enos coaching. is like a life coach. Yeah. And yeah. he teaches you, you know, you take these kids, you know, that are 14, 15, 16 years old that are on the U.S. team, and they don't know all they've been doing is snowboarding. He teaches you how to live. And if you look at Bill's life, like he's out on the boat in the summer, and Dude. he's just like a blast. Like I've seen him. I pulled up with Pat Moore at his property and he's 525 east he's getting 525 east he's driving a bulldozer down the road grading it and he's like i'm like hey what's up bill he's like you don't want to confuse this for i-80 for how smooth it is (laughs) (laughs) big old wad of chewing tobacco in but he's teaching you like how to he's like teaching these kids how to drive cars and shit dude just like every day like this is a good way to look at life and like he would always say best job i ever had you know like He's got a, he, his wife was always at home and that was shitty for both of them, you know? And like, but he would be like, best job I ever had. Every day he would wake up and tell us that, you know? And that is inspirational. You hear that and then you like, you, you want to listen to what the person has to say. I think that's like more of what a coach was to me. It was like more of who you are and like what you have to say than your actual snowboard knowledge. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's perfect timing. Uh, because we actually have a guest question from Bill Enos. Uh, no way. And, uh, That's the, sick. The guest question is presented by Solomon. Uh, I ride the Solomon Taka split. It's designed by Takahiro Nakai. If you're unfamiliar, he is a Japanese god of style, ripping snowboarder, Olympian, all that. I love the board. It's the perfect flex. It floats in powder. By far my favorite split board I've ever ridden. I was out there the other day. I felt like goddamn Rob Machado out there, just hacking. The snow. Uh, recommend the Taka split. And that brings us to our guest question. And this one is from the man we've been describing, Mr. Bill Enos. Hi, this is Bill Enos, Nick's former coach. How are you, Nick? Glad you're uh, doing fine. I hear you hurt your shoulder. Tugging it a little too hard, I'm guessing. Um, my question is, right after Sage one the qualifiers we went to a party i don't know if you remember anything about that party but could you uh please explain to chris what happened i remember you were dancing with a with a bunch of girls and then you were sitting outside and then after that it was kind of all a blank wow on the spot um too much tugging huh yeah, shoulder injury due to too much tugging. He was correct on that. <laughs> Dude, straight up, he goes, he says, Nick, Nick hurt his shoulder? He's 21? How do you even do that? Are you tugging it too hard? <laughs> said, yes. I said, yes, Bill, he was masturbating too hard. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. Masturbating. Part of the game. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, Sage won. We were hyped. Bill's hyped. We went to, I forget what, it, it was called like Underground or something. It was in Mammoth. It was that one right by Pita Pit. I know where you're talking. I've been there. And it was popping off. like Nike party, correct? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, like they had a table and like pouring up and whatever. And I went, I got in and like whatever, like once you get in and you're young, like you get lit. Because that's what you're there to do. (laughs) At least that's what it was for me. It was like, oh, I'm in. Like, take advantage, bro. Let's do it. And, um, dude, I got wasted. And I was outside, like, sitting on, like, a planter. Or maybe on the curb, like, just dead. Like, puking or something. And Bill 
<laughs> he was like, all right. And he was kind of fucked up too. And he like ran, <laughs> rarely drinks. And uh, he like came out and he was like, I'll drive us home or something. And then he was like, actually, I'm not. I forget what happened. But like, basically, I think my pants were like kind of on my ankles or something, he says. And I was puking outside and I'm like looking like I'm 15, you know, like I'm not supposed to be there and I'm trashed. Like I, I look like homeless <laughs> or something, you know, and man, and yeah, then he took whatever, I think he got us a taxi and I was like maybe puking on the way back. It was pretty bad for me, but <laughs> that was basically the story. That's it, like yeah. you said, like, I don't really remember, but we were there, we were getting lit. Um, he came outside. I was outside puking with my pants off, and then <laughs> he puts me in the uh, taxi, and then we went back to Mammoth Mountain, and we were both staying there. We were probably rooming together, maybe not. But the way he described it is, he's the U.S. team coach, caretaker of this 15 year old kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's coming out of the Uber into the hotel, like puke and just pants. Because Bill down. was sick, like he wouldn't want you to get in trouble. Yeah. But then, like, the next day, he'd be like, you fucked up, dude. He'd like, let you know. Yeah, big time. You fucked up. Yeah. But he also didn't want the police to find you there with your pants right. around or your like, ankles and puke on your shirt. <laughs> or even anybody else from the U.S. team. Like, yeah. he really did want the best for, like, because we were kind of his squad. He wanted us there, like, just like we wanted him there. Uh, So, yeah, he, like, wouldn't tell the higher-ups, you know, but <laughs> it was kind of shitty. And then I, I was, like, <laughs> we were always on, like, his list of, like, Tell these guys to not fuck up this week kind of thing, you know? Like, make sure that they're, like, the contest first, contest first, you know? And that was kind of hard for us. But he was an awesome person for that because he would, he would save you if he had to, you know? Did you ever – I heard this fascinating thing where he would set up a grid on the jump. Did mm-hmm. you ever do that with you? Can- um, No, he didn't set up a grid on the jump, but he would just, like – like, if this was a patch of snow, if it was just a flat plat, uh, flat thing of snow, whatever, he would draw, like, a square being the jump takeoff, you know, with, and it would look like a jump, whatever. And then he would show you, like, how your S-turn would line up to the end of the jump, you know, because you want to be going off straight off the jump, but you can't just go straight into the jump to, like, do an 1800, you know? You need an S-turn, but if you do the S turn too early, you're going to drift super far left or you'll drift super far right. And uh, so that's that was the grid that he showed me. And he would he show has me that, that all the science time. figured out, huh? Mm-hmm. Dude, he's got everything figured out, bro. Really? <laughs> no, but yeah, it seems <laughs> it like works. it. Like, well, it is. An, if, man. You, if you watch like a, a, a more novice person do a back seven, they hook like. 100 feet from left to right. That's yeah. an exaggeration. But if you watch like stall or you watch a slope style contest with these guys, they come in and you're essentially what he's explaining is your setup turn matches your line for how you take off. So you want a slight setup turn that's almost straight and then a slight setup that matches so you're able to go straight off of the jump. Without or even if it, it could be super wide, yep. but the timing has to line up to where you, when you're going off the end of the jump, your board's straight. So it's like the S of your carve matches. Yes. So the beginning of your S starts, like, here, 100 feet up from the takeoff of the jump, but, like, you go this way, that way, and you try to do it as even as you can, you know, and he would always, like, like you don't want to be speed checking 10 times, and then jump into your S turn, because you're, like, 
where am I type of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. He'd be like, go straight, do a check here, and then, like, go in normal, you know? Just simplify everything. Oh, shit, that's interesting. And it works, you know? Like, if you can go straight off the jump, you're, you'll have better pop and it'll look better. Yeah, I, I heard uh, he at one point got spray paint out and spray painted grids on the snow or that's something sick. like that and to show exactly that's super fascinating. He's the man. He would do whatever, like, whatever it is to get his uh, idea, like, gr- ingrained in your mind. He would do whatever that takes and, like... Whatever. For me, it was always talk. He would always talk about girls all the time. <laughs> he knew you perked up. And just yesterday, he said the same thing. Every every analogy was like, yo, it was this chick. And it <laughs> <You> worked. <know? laughs> yeah, there was a few. I said, well, Bill, we can't talk about that on air. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. So I heard a rumor that you left Burton on your own accord, which is very rare. Um to go to a brand that has been helped you out a lot. And uh, I feel like that may be your breakout moment. And on this show, uh, Pub Beer is a big sponsor of ours. So uh, they present the breakout moment. Let's get into our breakout moment presented by our friends over at 10 Barrel and Pub Beer. Pub Beer supports us and you should support them. Their tagline is cheap, fun beer. Now, Nick, before snowboarding became a big, serious career, Back when it was cheap and fun, do you have a memorable breakout moment? Yes. Um, my breakout moment was probably getting on Adidas, like we were saying. And that was, like, it's kind of weird because it's not like anything really changed fast. But it was, I was on Burton, and I was, like, a youngster. And it was sick, and my friends were on there. But, like, I grew up with um, Taylor Gold, who's, like, of fucking shredder in the half pipe and he got dropped he won the u.s open and like won some other stuff and then got dropped that year and then my other friend kyle mack at the time like got straight dropped too and there was other people who were older that were getting dropped yeah like we were all on burton we were homies and like that year they dropped a bunch of people dude a bunch of people and it was like fuck like it was just kind of scary you know like Cause they did hook me up and you know, like they had my back and that was sick, but it was like, you kind of bailed on my homies. Like it's kind of weird. And then Adidas was so cool. And they had like people that I looked up to big time, you know, like Kazu I've always looked up to big time. Give that guy an air horn. Big time. And, uh, you think we should, I think we should give him a super air horn. Let's give him a super crazy for Kazu. <laughs> That's right. has got to get the super air horn. He though. deserves that one. Dude, but it was sick, you know? Like, their team was so sick. It was Kazu, Jake Blavelt, Keegan Vileka, Forrest Bailey. Ejack was part of it, but was kind of fading out, I think, when I was coming in. And then uh, Lewif was, like, just getting on, too, when I was getting on. And that was so sick, you know? And, like... Alex Sherman was also getting on kind of at the same time as I was. And uh, Derek Lever was as well. But, like, this was a, kind of unknown to me. Um, but then all of us, that was kind of why I ended up leaving Burton. Because, like, there was a few reasons, you know. It was like they kind of bailed on my homies, which is no big deal. I get it. But then 
it just makes you a little bit weary of the future. You know, you're like, well, they just bailed on this guy. He just won everything last year. Like, I can't do that. Yeah, what's <laughs> I, it going to take till you get yeah, bailed on? You I know? didn't even make finals, you know? And, like, for some reason, I'm still in here, but I'm younger. Like, this dude, I don't know. It was just kind of scary. And so it was kind of a new beginning for me, you know? It was like, I don't have any friends really on the team, but it's people that I look up to big time. And it was just a cool place to be able to grow, I think, for me, like. We could do whatever we wanted, almost, you know? And so that was probably a breakout moment for me. Totally. Uh, from from an outsider's perspective, looking at the timeline of Baden. Oh, and uh, by the way, Bill called you. He goes, oh, Iron Baden. <laughs> That's a good one, dude. I've never heard that one. But you, uh, going back to that, if you look, it's like Burton guy, hashtag Nick Baden at it, triple cork, right? And then... It's like the the Adidas comes on, the kit's looking good. This kid's swagu <laughs> beef, you know what I mean? Young style and, guy. And then what what was the thought process b- behind beef. switching from going all right, contest guy, triple cork to your back to <laughs> to um, I don't want that title. <laughs> no, 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 con- sweat, no contest guy, but like absolutely ripping. Um, and then okay, get on Adidas. I'm gonna. I'm going to mainly do video parts and I'm going to, I'm just going to be style God. It wasn't that quick. You know, it was like, I would still like ride mad contests and I wasn't filming anything. I was like 16, I think. And it was kind of weird. I was still riding for Red Bull. I didn't really have friends on Adidas, but it was like this new thing that I was doing and it was exciting for me. I was psyched, but there wasn't like a quick shift in anything. It was like, this is just a, a new thing that I'm doing, and these people support me. And I remember, like, we had one U.S. team camp, and uh, Pierre Minhando came out and Gabe Langlois, who probably both deserve big air horns. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they came out and just, like, rode with me at Breckenridge for a couple of days. And then it was at the same time as Zumi's 100K, and... Uh, Gons was there and he's on Adidas. So we went and rode with Gons for a day. And like, I was like, this shit's so sick. That must've been cool. You know, like, yeah, it was kind of instantly like, damn, I'm really happy to be a part of this. Cause it was a hard decision. And, uh, so I was like, I was really psyched to be a part of it, even though I didn't really know it wasn't like, right. Like Burton, you know, you've got somebody to stay with at every contest. You've got two people at the top of every contest like, whatever, you can do whatever you want because there's people got, who got your back all the time. And then with Adidas, it was like, all right, I guess I'm kind of, like, up here doing my thing with my friends. I don't have a team manager up here. I'm staying mostly with Bill. Um, and I think that was cool for me because it, like, kind of separated what I cared about, you know? It was like, what do you care about? And Bill, a lot of the time, was, like, would ingrain that in me. Like, what do you want to do? And I would always, because he was like, there's something special about a competition person, and I do think that too, you know, that, like, it takes a certain drive rather than somebody who's just filming a video part to win a competition. Um, And I respect people that can do that big time. I think that's sick. But he would kind of talk to me about that, and there was just not many people, like, not many of my peers my age were in the same position as, like, going with this new team to hopefully build on it. Because Adidas was pretty new at the time. 
and it just allowed like a lot of allowed my imagination to like think of cool things to do more than just like this contest is this week and if you don't do good you're kind of fucked um which i kind of felt pressured from burton at the time you know like to really show up at everything not that adidas like there was no pressure but it was like this is what I want to do, and those are the people that I want to ride with at some point. So, like, I should probably go do that. Yeah, crazy uh, thinking about it like that from your perspective. And I, it kind of made me think, throw back to just doing contests back in the day. And I was wanted to pick your brain on, like, it, when you when you win, it's you're on top of the world. And when you're not winning, you're bummed. Did you feel like you're kind of mental headspace hinged on how well you're doing in contests at all? Yeah, big time. Uh, especially for, like, 24 hours or something. Like, I remember when Sage was talking about it, he would give himself 24 hours to get pissed, and then, like, you better leave that in the dust. Um, I would get pissed sometimes and, like, throw my helmet or something, you know? Like, I would get bummed. But then it's like, who cares? And, like, yeah, he won, but... It kind of takes a step back because when you're in there in the contest circuit, going to the contest every week, this one to that one with the same people, you're like, oh my God, dude, that dude won last week. You know, he got third the week before. He's killing it. But if you're not in that, you don't know at all. Like maybe you watch X Games, but at the same time, if you win X Games or like if you're watching X Games, the person who wins is kind of out of your head within a week or two. But when you're in the circuit, it's like. It's all you think about. For sure. All of a sudden, it's like, that's the guy that wins everything, you know? And for me, it was like, I just kept falling, or, like, I would do decent and not make it to finals, or, like, whatever. Whatever happens. And I would get pissed. And then then it was like, I swear it was one year of being pissed, and then the next year was like, all right, I don't really want to be here anymore. And that was the year you won Rookie of the Year? No, that was probably, like, Three years later of, like, oh, kind okay. of, like, being in the, con- like, two years later, maybe? Being in the contest, the but being, like, yeah. yeah. And that, it felt weird because, like, now looking back, it's, like, maybe I could have done better at those competitions, but my attitude at the time was so, like, not competitive. I'd, like, get up there. Like, the beginning of the week, I'd be, like, I'm going to fucking win this week. And then I'd be at practice, and nobody, like, is really doing anything in practice because they're, like, all so good they can whip it out the day of and so i would kind of like be trying some stuff in practice i don't know and then by the time the contest happened i was like i don't like anybody here and i don't really like all the people at the top i don't like the starter dude who's like (laughs) chatting me and like telling me to hold on you know and like won't let me go ride the half pipe like i hated that i couldn't go ride the half pipe because you're there for slope style. So, you, like, I wouldn't even... I would get kicked out of half pipes, like, pretty often. And that would just piss me off. Everything made me angry about the competition, at, like, by the end. So it was, like, that was just... If, if, I, if my attitude was better, like, through the whole thing and, like, I was there to really win, I would probably have done better. But, like, I was just caught up in, like, I don't like that. And fuck that guy, like... Well, you, you take a 16-year-old kid and tell him, you need to do this, and yeah. you need to do that. Oh, you want me to do that? Well, I'm actually going to do the fucking opposite. Because, that, right? Like, yeah. that's what Big happens. Time. When What's you're crazy, like, too, when you were with Burton, they got all you kids together, but pitted against each other, and that had to be crazy. 
and it's not even pitted against each other, but but if you don't win, it's just like you're a little bit of like forward, yeah. So it's kind of like exactly you're it's my friend, Lord of the Flies. Yes, yeah, Lord of the Flies. And like in a perfect world, two people would like it'd be like uh, Nico and Freddie or something, you know, where it's like they're both just trying to be the fucking best, and they both kill it. But for me, it was like. I don't care about this anymore. And then the people that I that I liked at the competitions also didn't care anymore. Like, that's <laughs> what we had in common, maybe, you know? And so it was like, this just is a waste of time, basically. Like, if you're not there to win, what are you doing? Kind of. mm-hmm. And well, I yeah, thought that, too. Especially if you're not happy. Yeah, and I thought that, too. It was like, if I, like, I want to win this thing. I don't want to be here to get seventh. So... But then by the time the contest would happen, I would just be, like, caught up in just dumb shit around, like, I would be just angry at everybody and everything. And uh, that's why I don't, I didn't do that good, I think. And then it was just, like, I don't want to do it anymore. Which happened to be the same year Bridges started the beta project, um, which was the snowboarder video for that year that, like, focused on younger dudes and I happen to be one of the people that he chose to do that. And uh, that was sick, you know, because, like, it was me and Brandon Davis. I was with him a lot, and he was also in the video, and Gabe Ferguson was also in the video, and he was at the contest. So we would, like, all three of us would be there and just, like, hate it. And we would be vocal about that, you know? And then, boom, like, that was the Olympic year. None of us made the Olympics. Uh, I wasn't even close. Like, I got close to the the Olympics before, you know? And then it was like, let's just try to film this video as best we can. And then that was when I was like, this is actually, like, really, I like this a lot. Like, I had ridden powder at home. Steamboat, like, has six snow a lot. So I knew how to ride powder. But that was the first time, like, building jumps, like, actually trying to clip up with your friends. But, like, it's cold, and you're hiking, and, like, I learned how to snowmobile a little bit. It was like, this is what I want to do, and I had a I had a crew to do it with. It wasn't, like, a lone soldier type thing. So it was there. F- the opportunity was, like, for the taking, you know. That's where you sharpened, sharpened your teeth. And my sponsors so were down to support that, which was important. It's cool Pat picked you guys out. Yeah. Because you were all pretty stylish dudes, and I, mean, I don't know if maybe he sensed that about the contest, and... Just the group of people there. That, that was ghostly, on its huh? Own, dude. Yeah. Weird stuff happens there in the booth now and again. Yeah, we get some ghosts in here. Ugh. Um, uh, but yeah, no, that was cool. It was a cool group of people, and like I got to know some of them, and I knew Krugmeyer, and I knew Gabe, and I knew Jared, but like then we all get to go on a trip to Europe, and it's like, us? Like, hell yeah. And yeah, you guys the snow sucked. It. You know? oh, <laughs> but you it's have a like, good time, fuck though, yeah. Huh? Yeah, we like... I'll tell you what, that actually is a perfect segue for our second guest question, which is, uh, once again, presented by Solomon Snowboards. Here we go. Hey, Bombhole. Uh, Jared and Gabe here. i got a couple questions for Nick. Um, for our boy. First off, I wanted to ask Nick about the uh, accommodation that he booked for us in Austria um, and the living situation that followed for the next couple weeks. And then our boy Gabe here has got a question from a long time ago. I would like to hit Nick with what happened to his face when he was trying to hop a certain fence in New Zealand. I think that will uh, lead to a pretty nice story right there. Uh, love you, Nick. 
Fucking hope you're living it up. Have a good time. Peace. Shout out to the bomb hole. Love you guys. They would probably be hyped on a shotgun if I could. Oh, he's hitting the shotgun. Woo! Sorry about that. All good. All good. Baden is uh, shotgunning a pub beer for the listeners. Wow, let's give him. That might be a super, super air horn. They needed that. Cheap, fun beer. <laughs> Dude. Boom, uh, boom, boom. For the people listening, uh, that was, I don't know if we clarified, that was Gabe Ferg and... Um, Jared. Big Air Jared. Yep. yep. They're the best. Shotgun Both for the fun. boys. They're going to love that. Yeah, they, they need that. <laughs> um, that was a great shotgun, man. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Jared's quite... Oh, yeah, the accommodation. So we Chris, get, none one in your mouth did it. No, no, we're good. We're good. Uh, we went to Austria. We all fly in. I was on the same flight as Gabe, or I thought I was. We meet Jared and Tyler Orton, Leland McNamara, uh, and Krugmeyer at the airport. So it was us five, or like six. And Brock was there, too. Maybe Brock, Crouch, and Gabe and I all traveled together, and then we met them, or whatever. We all meet in the airport in uh, Germany. Then we drove. We rented a car. Tyler's driving. I don't know if he's, like, ever been to Europe. It was... Our crew was kind of insane, you know? We're all, like, super young. Tyler's first, like, real video. Um, Leland is sick, but, like, kind of stony and whatever. And... At the airport, I'm like, oh, I'll book us a place. Like, I kind of been to been to Austria a couple times. I'll, I'll lace it up. <laughs> and I I booked it for a month later. And like, by now it's dark. <laughs> like, dude, we're driving and it's dark. And like, we're in this van and it's we're like looking out the window and it's like, damn, there's a lot of snow. Like, tomorrow's gonna be sick. We should get to sleep. We'll be hyped. And uh, I like walk. I'm like, all right, I'll walk in, sort it out, and then we'll get everything out. And I walk in, and they're like, no, like, that's for next month. And I was like, no. Like, do you have anywhere? And they were like, no, it's holiday. Of course it's holiday course. there, you know? So it's like, you got Austrian holiday, but then you got German holiday, which is probably the week after. Then you got Austrian or uh, Italian holiday, which is, like, the week after that. So it's, like, three weeks of everything being booked. And uh, <laughs> so my friend Drew Hastings was there with Torstein. That's actually who Brock Crouch was with. He was there already. And uh, so I was like, dude, like, do you have any room at your hotel? This place is full. They said, you know, they've got literally nothing for us. And he was like, not really, but we can maybe make it work. So he talked to the hotel dude there. And you know how, like, it's kind of uh, bed and breakfast style. Like, they have the breakfast area. So we get there. And this guy, the owner of the hotel, has cleared out the full breakfast area. But he's like, we don't have any extra blankets. So it's like, it's just this open floor. No. With like the table stacked in the corner. Like, thanks for hooking it up. Like, actually, thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, at least you had but, a like, room, a roof over your head. And I, I, I'm the one that screwed up. And I went and slept in the bed with Drew and Brock. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sleeping in between those two. Three of you in the bed. Which like isn't sick, but it's better than Jared and Jacob and Gabe and Tyler and Leland that slept under um, like a floor mat. Did they? It was like floor like... mats like around. They were all scattered. There was like a, some of them were like wearing a towel maybe, but like not For a really. Blanket. Yeah, 
Or whatever gear they had in their bag, but like, basically. Not really, you know, like, kind of just scattered around. Like, in Did they have to be gear? up by breakfast so breakfast yeah. could start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it wasn't a problem to be up. Like, nobody slept, really. Yeah. You know, like... There was no sleeping under a little floor mat. No, they were dust. screwed. <laughs> I kind of slept in the bed, but, uh... It's a dick move. <laughs> it's such a dick move. You live, like... They <laughs> couldn't find any rooms in all of the area because it was holiday. <laughs> and shout like, out to that guy for giving you guys a roof over yeah. here. Yeah. True. And the first place that I messed up booking was still like an hour from these guys' place. We were driving around for hours. Then we get there. We're like, yeah, hell yeah. It's dark. There's snow. Let's go inside. Got shut down. Had to drive another hour or two. Got there. Basically, like, f- sleeping on the floor for those guys without a blanket. Kind of shitty. Right off the long flight, too. <laughs> Jet lagged <laughs> as fuck. How mad were these guys? Dude. I mean, I don't know, but, like. Everybody makes it seem kind of casual at the time, but, like, they were probably pissed. Like, Leland, he must have been pretty bummed. Dude, Leland's chill. He was yeah, probably the chillest chill. one yeah, out of probably, everyone. Probably Krugmeyer right. was probably the most pissed. Yeah, I was going to say, Krug is probably the mo- most vocally pissed. Um, you can just sleep yeah, under whatever, his dude. hair, all that hair that kid's got. Dude, and we got, whatever. At that time. We get there, like, tomorrow's, like, the sunny day, and then after that, it's kind of shitty. Like, so then we get up, eat breakfast, get lunch stuff. Get our bags packed, go up to the mountain, and uh, you could get, like, a one-up pass for, like, a ski tour or something. Or maybe it wasn't even, you couldn't even have your snowboard with you if you got that pass. So we all got those passes. <laughs> <laughs> like, Krugmeyer and Jared get through or something, and then the rest of us are stopped, like, with our snowboards. We're like, oh, we thought we could totally make this happen. Like, at the ticket office, they told us, like, you try to go through, you're screwed. Yeah, and you were like, oh, we got this. Yeah, we got Save this. like we got 40 this. bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, s- come on, you know? And uh, finally, we got up that lift and like we got back there and it was pretty sick. We built like two jumps. I think Jared actually got a clip that day. Jacob was just pissed. Like, <laughs> dude, like he built this jump with Gabe and didn't land shit the first day after not sleeping. And was just pissed. Just bombed. <laughs> Which I totally get. And then, whatever. And then, so, it was, like, kind of weird getting a spot. And then we had linked up with this photographer who, li- who lived there named uh, Theo Ackworth. And he was like, I've got a homie that you could stay with. And we were in, his name was Dom. We were at Dom's house. And it was him, his chick, and maybe a homie. And, uh... They were in rooms, and then the living room, they were like, the living room's yours. So there was, like, a couch, like a like a beanbag bed. Brock, like, got this little mattress and put it in the in the hallway. Whatever. I was, like, kind of spooning someone every night. I was always, like, moving around. <laughs> Basically, don't let you book uh, accommodations yeah, like, for European I'm travel. I'm not the one to book, I guess. <laughs> and then part two of that question was... Uh, Something about your face and taking a fence. Taking a spill? Yeah. Dude, I got to finish the story about Dom, though. Oh, Dom, I'm sorry. Dom, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Dude, yeah. so they're smoking mad cigs inside. And everybody's smoking. They have these chess boards. So Gabe and I are, like, playing chess sometimes. And then two more of their homies show up. They're, like, and they're all from England. And uh, so they were just trying to get, like, wasted. Like, we were trying to get weed, too. And then the homie was, like, yo, could you just, like, get me an ounce of weed? And we were, like, dude, like, it's pretty hard to get weed around here. You, like, can't really get just an ounce on call like that. And uh, and then one night, probably the reason he says it is because we always talk about train spotting. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. Great movie. And one of the Euro homies 
first he was rolling up these joints that he was calling Jeffries, and they had like weed, hash, tobacco, and I guess like a Jeffries like put whatever you want in there type of thing. But he was smoking these Jeffries and like inside in our what is like our room, you know? But it's actually the living room of the house. And his name's Dom. <laughs> so it's like, all of this is like pretty funny, but kind of shitty. Cause we're like trying to wake up early and do shit, but the snow's bad. <laughs> so it's like, we're kind of drinking and like kind of not on it. I don't know. And, <laughs> all the, and then one of our last nights there, Dom is like, yo, we got to watch the movie train spotting. And then you guys can just go to bed. <laughs> We were like, dude, we're not watching Train's body before we go to sleep. We're going to have nightmares. Like, you should just go to bed. Your room's over there. We This is our little couch. Like, leave us alone type of thing. And that was so funny. But it was his house, right? Yeah, it was his house. Yeah. And they would just smoke mad cigs in there, and we would try to sleep there. And it was like, every dude, oh, my God. One of the roommates slept walk and uh, slept walked. Sleepwalked? Sleepwalks. And... One time, Tyler was on the couch by himself and woke up, and homie was right here. <laughs> just, <laughs> just Dude, like, at him. yeah, but like asleep, you know. <laughs> That's creepy, like, yeah. <laughs> but you can't really say anything, you know. It's his house. It's like oh. true. It is his house. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, That's some Stony Buds is a big yeah, sleepwalker. Big sleepwalker. Big really? sleepwalker. Yep. Do you ever fall asleep like in random places after you're walking? No, like I'm asleep while I'm walking around. Yeah, and, and then happens. you fall back asleep. Like, you no, just you're crash like somewhere. Uh, I you just all of a sudden wake up and you're somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I, I, I have. A, I was hanging out with that. I used to live with Scotty Stevens for a long time. Yep, he's a big sleepwalker as well. Oh, and Stevens is too. Yeah. Oh yeah. He also used to fall asleep with the Seinfeld menu on all the time. Bam, 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 bam. bam. <laughs> you just loop all night. But, uh, <laughs> That's got to be good dream. Oh, That's I was, it's like dreams for snowboarding, maybe kind of like. <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll never forget though. One time I was, um, I had, I was dating this uh, girl at the time, and um, we were being intimate, we'll say, and um, I, we were doing, we were hanging out, doing our thing, and. Uh, he, there, Scott was just standing in the doorway, looking at us. Watching you, <laughs> but asleep. And I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, man? And he wakes up. He's, like, he's all, whoa, man, I don't, I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> he woke up as he was standding there? No way. I'm like, all good, just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, dude, so let's go part two of that yeah. question. Um, so then we were in New Zealand. I was pretty young. It was... Uh, it was actually with Bill, you know, it was like the first, like, Olympic qualifying event kind of thing. But it wasn't even totally a, a qualifier. And uh, I kind of forget, like, whatever. We're all in the bar. Oh, and it was like, it was the same thing. Like, oh, I get in. I got to get trashed. And so I got in with my friends. We're all getting wasted and then. For some reason, somebody wanted to leave, so I was like, or no, oh my God, Kyle Mack puked on the bar. (laughs) Right on the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, me, him, and one other homie go into the bathroom, and I remember we were peeing in the sink as he's puking in the bathroom. (laughs) And there's a huge line, but we just bypassed. We were like, we got to get here. And so then I was like, I'll walk you out, Kyle. Like, I'm I'm super chill. I'll, I'll get right back in, you know? And then I walk him out. The guy getting back in is like, dude, you cannot come back in here. Like, you're, you can't even walk. So I walked around because I know there's, like, this fence that's, like, kind of tall that you can climb over and you're in the bar. So I went in there. or I, I'm on top of the fence. 
whatever, I fell and my pants got stuck. <laughs> so like, then my pants ripped and I fuck, I slammed face first onto the concrete floor. Like, God. wow. Yeah. And, um, what, like, it wasn't anything bad, you know, nothing bad happened, but it definitely was like, damn, that was kind of weird and sketchy. And I just walked back and I had this bloody head and. And your pants are ripped. Yeah, like whatever. I don't remember that night, but then I remember waking up and being like, like kind of, you know, when you wake up, like you're like, all right, my hands are all good, you know. And then like I had a shirt wrapped around my head, like oh my god, oh, just blood. What is that? Go to the mirror, like oh my god, and whatever. Then then there's Bill, you know. Be there 10 minutes after you wake up to tell you you're just an idiot. Yeah. You know, which is like just what you need. That's the actually. right response. That is. Yeah. yeah. Like it's actually exactly what you need. So that was both of those. Traveling with the boys. We're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about the Icon Pass. Own the season, own the stories, own the stoke. For winter 21-22, across more than 40 unique Icon Pass destinations, the mountain community can explore wide open spaces, cut endless lines through fresh mountain air, and discover new adventures with old friends. Explore what pass option is right for you and take advantage of limited-time spring pricing, including the Icon Pass for $849 adult, unlocking the most days, the most mountains, and no blackout dates. The Icon Base Pass for $699 adult opens up a season of adventure with limited blackout dates, and the Icon Pass 4-day for only $399 adult allows you to kickstart your ride. As with last year, Every Icon Pass comes with adventure assurance, including credits in the case of COVID-19 closures and the option to defer the value of an unused pass, no questions asked. Whether you ride four days a winter or whether you carve out 20, every moment spent in the mountains is a new opportunity for discovery and connection. Because as the mountains connect us, these unique communities are what holds us together. Own the season, own the stories, own the stoke. Discover pass options and claim your moments in the mountains at IconPass.com. Okay, Nick, I want to get into a great subject. That subject is talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Great topic. Great topic. uh, Topic of discussion. Many people in our uh, space are, uh, they don't do it much. What are your thoughts on that? I think talking shit is healthy and necessary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but I really do. Like, I think it's important for people to uh, have an opinion. And, like, there's just a lot of people that, uh, like, take things personally about their snowboarding or their friend's snowboarding or, like, yo, you don't like that person snowboarding? Like, you must hate them as a person. Like, that's not true, you know? Like, I can be a really good friend with someone and not like they're snowboarding or like, dude, like I'll like somebody's sto- or I'll be their friend and I don't follow them on Instagram because like their Instagram's super annoying and just trying to sell me stuff all the time. Like, I don't really want to follow that. <laughs> and they get bummed. But straight up, like, <laughs> yeah. and maybe, maybe they see that I unfollow them and they get bummed or maybe they don't, whatever. But like, we can still be friends, you know, but like, I just don't like, it's okay for me to talk smack on your boarding. I think when like, there's a lot of times in our group of people where it's, like, there's a lot of mutual friends and, like, different ideas on certain people. Like, that's just the way things are. You meet people 
in a different scenario or you've grown up with someone and then they meet you and they're like, whoa, that's kind of weird. I didn't know he was like that. And so then you're like, oh, dude, like, I fucking hate that guy's snowboard and the way he tweaks his grab is not right (laughs) or like whatever the like really simple thing is, you know? And then you got to follow it with, but he's so nice. And like, I like (laughs) hanging out with him like at nighttime or like a quick disclaimer. He's so fun to like get dinner with. Like, yeah, dude, he is. But like, I don't like the way he snowboards and, or I don't like him, whatever. Like it's okay to say that. And it sucks that like, it's got to be followed up with like, Covering both bases of like, yeah, I don't really like that, but you know, he's so nice and I like him at the end of what you're talking. Yeah, like you're talking a bunch of smack you, and you, then you're like, I don't really think so. When you say, yeah, but he's, he's really nice that you, I mean, you, that sentence blanket, like you don't give a fuck about that person. That's like a disclaimer fucking asterisk. Like, yeah, I'm just saying that for my own conscience. I love yeah. that. That's a fucking great point. <laughs> like, that's what you have to say about that person is he's nice after you talk a bunch of shit. Like, okay. Yeah, I guess like <coughs> he could be nice. You just talked a bunch of shit on him. Like, <laughs> word. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> sick, sick, he's nice. Like, cool, I didn't think he wasn't. You were just talking how you didn't like the way he did his 720. Like, nobody fucking cares either way. Like, he's probably a great person. Or maybe you're talking shit about how he's a terrible person, but you like the way he snowboards. And whatever, you know. <laughs> you know how that... I don't know. That it, resonates is on the bucket in front of us that we've mentioned a million times, but I don't know the key to success... But the key to failure is trying to please everybody. At the end can't of the day, yeah. you can't please everybody. And a lot of people are trying to please everybody. It's like, yeah, you know, and it's a... F- and, like, people despising someone for, like, talking a little smack. Like, maybe you need to get smacked in the face a little bit. Like, it's okay to talk smack on people. And it's not that you're an asshole or you hate them or whatever. Like... It's okay to, like, talk a little bit of smack. And I'm not, like, encouraging, like, talking behind your best friend's back. Like, whatever. But it's okay to talk a little bit of smack about somebody's snowboarding and then not have to follow it up with, like, he's a nice person. Like, (laughs) cool, he's a nice person, whatever. Like, that doesn't make me want to be like, yeah, sick, let's go on a trip, you know? It's you fun to, to like go on a trip, everybody, right? exactly. Like it's fun. Yeah. To go, it's fun for you guys to go on a trip, probably because you're like talking smack not only on like the like the food that you're eating that day, but you're also like being homies and you're talking about snowboarders that you like and then snowboarding that you don't like, and then whatever. Like some joke has popped up and it's boom. Like that's gold. It's funny, and it's just part of it. It's not a bad thing. It's not like. I hate you forever type of thing. It's just, I don't rock with that. And if and you don't rock with it, that's fine. Total, that's great. That's fucking great verbiage. Uh, there's also different levels of shit talking. There's like no lighthearted, like roasting. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like Which is hurtful, hurtful and whatever. But I, I, what I'm hearing is it's like, what I think the underlying thing that I hear is it's, it's just important to say what you think. Yeah. You know, don't feel like you just say what you think. Yeah. And, like, coming from contests and stuff like that, um, there's just a lot of people to talk shit on. So it's like, 
it's easy to talk shit and then say, well, I hung out with him that night and he was sick. You know, it's just easy to be like, there's both sides and that's okay to say, like, it's okay to not like the way he boards and be friends with him. It's okay to be friends with him and not follow him on Instagram. Like, it's not the end of the world. It's the way it is. And we're living in it right now. And like, nobody's done that before. So it's okay to hate on stuff. It's, it's right cool. To be it's yourself natural. is yeah. what it is, right? Have your own opinion and voice it if you want to. I got a Patreon question for you that's kind of in, uh, it's a subject that people talk shit about in snowboarding. So I guess it goes along with what yeah, we're saying. Yeah, it. Perfect. It's from uh, Magic Narwhal. Great name. Good name, huh? Yeah, super. So uh, what are your thoughts on the size of lips that people build for urban spots? There's big debate about big jumps and little jumps, and he understands that uh, different spots call for different setups. He just wants to know where you stand. Do you think uh, something too big is whack, or do you think they need to be small? All right. Um, a heated topic, it seems like. It's this is always chatted about, there, yeah. and I'm not the best person to ask. Um, but I would say, like he said, every spot's different. Um, do as least as you maybe have to do. Or maybe, like, you try it with a bigger lip, and you're like, all right, now I'm a little bit more comfy with it. You can cut the lip down. We're working with snow. It's easy to work with. I don't know. What do you think, Grundy? Uh, you know, it's, it's a tough one. There's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, like, obviously, uh, let's just be real. Obviously the dopest thing is when you see somebody shredding a gnarly low lip, right? Like there's a clip mm-hmm. of Jeff Anderson, um, that Shane Charlebois filmed and he does a back lip on this handrail and it's like a bump and you're like, God, that's so dope. Yeah. And then, you know, it depends on where your head's at. Like, you know, for me, I, I was like, I would get kind of obsessed with, with uh, doing, like, I want to do a front three onto a handrail. You can't really front three onto a down bar if you don't have a little something to get you up there. off a bump. And and the way it evolved, I think, is, like, if you look at JP and those guys in the early days, it was, like, gnarly low. And then there was, like, Cooley and Nima came out and people. All of a sudden, there was, like, some fucking wedgie Jacksons up to these rails, dude. (laughs) Like, up to a down bar that's, like, And I was like, oh, you can do this? Oh, like, and it's like, oh, the difference between I'm going to do a front 180 whatever or i'm gonna do some buck and yeah. so we were like well i'd rather see a front three with a bigger lip than like a than a nose press with no lip so that was my argument but like obviously the dopest thing is a gnarly low lip you yeah know? and that's the my kicker's take. as big as the feature that's a problem you know right it just looks well and it's noticeable if there's no lip and it's noticeable if there's a big ass lip so yeah. it's like you probably want to be on the side of the lower lip if you can control it you don't want to be Built, hitting a down bar looking like you got a Chaz, Chad's, Chad's gap, gap wedge yeah. onto that hog. It really shows in the photos more so than video, I think. You can't really be blocking in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't Dude, seem like to That's me. a good good philosophy right there. This, this kind of ties into what we were talking about off air in the sense that um, we were kind of talking about like refining your sense of what's cool and what's not cool, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, like uh, you were talking about how, you know, back in the day, Breezy yeah. was hitting the biggest shit. And it was 10 feet tall. Yeah. Or 40 feet tall. But, like, maybe the landing was huge. Dude, that's badass. And But now it's maybe the the spots. I'll let you take it and just elaborate. I think just, like, thing, like, people saw. There was, like, snowboarding's pretty new. So there's, like, extremes that you see, you know. You see, like, a Dan Breezy do super gnarly stuff. And then you see Rav take it in a totally different direction. Both are so cool. And now, like, 
I think a lot of people my age have seen both of those sides and they're like, what side do you want to be on? But you don't really have to choose a side, you know, like everybody is going to ride differently. And the more snowboarding that goes on, the more precise everybody's going to get with like not only their trick, but the way they do their trick. And so now you're seeing like people do pretty insane tricks on pretty gnarly features too, like without a lip, which like before you would maybe see like a super gnarly trick on a big ass feature that's like kind of safe. I guess I don't really know, but like there's there's a new sense of precision that is in like today's snowboarding compared to older times. And it's the way you do your trick and what it's on that is taken into consideration a lot more now than before because there's been people who have done so much of everything now that it's like you kind of have to have a certain flavor to your jumps you hit and the rails you hit or like whatever your style of snowboarding is, you kind of have to have your own twist on it. But it doesn't have to be the gnarliest thing because that's kind of already been done. So people can look at that now and say, I don't really care to do that, but I can take that similar mentality into a what some would say like a smaller, less scary feature, but you're like way more precise on what you're doing. But at the same time, like if I was Dan, I'd be, Dan Breezy, I'd be like, whatever, like you're a little bitch. In that town <laughs> there, like, I jumped over a street. Like, come on, you know? What's your take like, on that, bud? Or like Travis Rice, you know? Yeah, like he's probably looking at people like, wow, like, yeah, you're smooth, but whatever i could have been smooth doing that 362 i was doing double corks i think everything comes in cycles yeah and there was that big everything getting bigger 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 and it got to the point where people were almost gonna die out there and it got too far and some people talk shit on it because they don't want to have to step to that level so they back down but at least when they're styly when you go out with someone that's style very stylish like a rav you baden tweaks like crazy Every time I've shot with them, dude, it, Thanks, that's what makes an awesome photo and yeah. a dope video and really stand out the swag. And like timeless footage or photos um, stands out no matter where it is or who it is. Yeah. And I think that's what's cool is like there's a lot of people really t- like honing into what they want to hit, which is cool. But at the same time, I like when somebody's able to do whatever. But like it's cool when you see a specialist specialize and they kill it. Yeah, That's right sick, now sick. style I think is just leading over mm-hmm. over bigness. Style, flavor, spot selection. Yeah. If you're talking in the world of video parts, you know the shift that that like you said going back with Breezy. If you look at bigger, 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 and all of a sudden people are renting fucking bobcats <laughs> to build right. a goddamn too landing, far. right? We went too and you're far. like, holy shit! And it's not that that's like that shit's actually not. It's tall, but it's not. It's not scary. Like, you know, right. in a sense that you're like, oh, like, I'll, if I make it to a gigantic pile of snow, I will be totally fine. But, yeah. like, there's, an, there's a jaw drop moment of, like, holy fuck, that's tall. But then if you look the kind of the evolution, you, I'm going to use Jake Kuzik as an example. Yeah. And then Kuzik, you're looking at, like, bigger spots perfectly. Like, you look around, the snow is, like, there's no big piles of snow. It's meticulously and it's like, planned he's out. Done the tr- he'll do a trick, like, 18 times in a row to just refine it. And then you you watch it and you're 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 kind of like holy shit that was that one had the spice that I needed and right. then um, Schwagger. Going, what's your take on 
because I know Keegan, I've heard, is like, you get what you get. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? You, you, or what's your thoughts on when you're filming, refining the trick and doing it a bunch of times, or you get what you get? Like, you land it, and that's how you landed it. We're keeping it. Uh, I think it depends on the trick and whatever, you know. I'm definitely more on the you did it thing. Like, you freaking did it, buddy. Like, <laughs> let's bounce. <laughs> you know, like, you, great job. And it looked great. <laughs> and I do respect that natural, like, look of things when you're like, wow, <laughs> you just did it. And at the same time, if you're watching a video part and you're watching a bunch of sloppy tricks, you're like, okay, what what does that even mean? Like, that's not that sick, you know? But, like, when not every time, it, you can't do that with every spot, but if it's something scary or, like, whatever, the jump's getting blown out the landing or maybe you're getting kicked out, you take it and you're psyched and, like, I'm all about that. I'm all about just taking what you can get. and It's not even like a cop-out, like, take what you can get. It's more of a, uh, like, that was the moment, and you fucking nailed it, bro. Yeah, and, like, he filmed it well, and you're hyped. Like, you can see in the footage you're excited, and it's over. Like <laughs> That, that feeling of, like, your homie being like, yo, you killed it, is sick, and I think... So many people are like, let me try that again. Let me try it again. It's like, yeah, like, you might land it a little bit more smooth, but, like, it's not that moment. It's not that exact, like, That's, there's some you landed it and you rode out and there was that feeling that, like, you watch somebody ride out sometimes and you're like, wow, like, there was something about the way he rode out that made him nail that trick. And I think that that happens the first time you land it, you know, you're like, little bit surprised, and you're like, I, I did it, <laughs> you know? The excitement. And whatever, a little sketchy is cool. Drag your arm. Whereas la- land number 14, you're like, yeah. as you're landing, you're like, did I do everything right? And you're, you're like, like looking over at the tell. filmer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're looking up at the filmer. Looking like, at the is filmer that like, is that like, it or what? <laughs> yeah, bro, you did it 10 times. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I mean, hard I've, to figure out which one's the one now. Totally. <laughs> I've heard Steven's like, board hit the snow, and be like, I don't know, what do you think? Was that it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, before he's even, like, <laughs> riding out. He's the dude that does it. Which is cool, too. I respect both. I respect somebody who's, like, a perfectionist who really wants their tricks to be manicured. Yeah. But it doesn't give me the same feeling as somebody who will nail something and... The excitement. Let that run, you know. <laughs> let it bark, if you will. Let it Please bark. let that bark. Well, it, it is a special time. Oh, I think wow. It's that yeah. time. It's kind of late, even, for it. <sighs> late in Woo. the game. Here we go. Aim that video part. These buttons are all sticky. I'm getting buttons. <laughs> <laughs> a little beer bath. <laughs> Name that video part is presented by the Dew Tour. Uh, they got a great skate event coming this summer. It's green lighted right now, as far as we know. So we get a chance to check that out. Should be a lot of fun. Now, uh, Nick, what's your confidence level? Low. Zero through ten. In between zero and five, probably. I'll, I'll give it a 2. three. Two point five three. Guess, yeah. okay. Three. Okay. Three. Three. okay. Here we go. Oh my god. Dude. Wow. I'm so I I know what it I like if I was to see it I would recognize it but uh It's 
Isn't that Valeka? Yes, sir. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's correct. Keegan. Is that the Burton part? Is that in color? In color. It is. Wow, in dude. color. Damn. Wow, good job. The three to a score. He's got Damn. he just earned himself a uh Bombhole cooler wow. filled with bombhole merch. He's got uh, some sweat Thank pants. You. I gave you some XL sweats because I figured you want the fat doggers. You know. Um, you know. We got a. <laughs> you know I what do. else we got in there? I think some sunglasses, Thank some you. stickers, all available at bombhole.com. I actually meant to get you guys a gift, but it, it was like last minute. And so I, all I got was a couple of bubblies. That's dope, dude. We, we, you know we love bubblies. That's something we're going to use. Yeah, we will use that. So part two of Name That Video part is uh, for the listener viewers. If you know the answer, comment on the photo of Nick Baden on Instagram when this episode comes out. Also, hit him with a follow while you're over there. Straight up. Here we go. It's a great video part. Thank you guys for playing. Did you know that one? Uh... I think that song was used in Zoolander, actually. <laughs> Count it. <laughs> Will Ferrell. <laughs> Name that Hollywood movie. <laughs> I'm going to go Zoolander. Um, I'm thinking maybe we hit a couple hot takes. Woo! Hot takes! Let's go hot takes. Um, jumping into airbags. I wouldn't. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Okay, weed. I would. Right on. <laughs> if, if you want to, do it. But, like... I'm not I'm not the bit like I'm down with weed, but at the same time I'm not like yo blaze up, bro. Like if you're not trying to smoke, that's cool. It's cool to No not pressure. Sp- especially when everybody else is smoking, it's cool to like not smoke. <laughs> it is. And you you've got a clear mind. Yeah. Uh 1800s on a snowboard. Also, I wouldn't teach their own all the power to you. Okay. Uh this one um, steroids in snowboarding. <laughs> Run it up. Yeah, what's your Dude. take on that? I've thought about it a lot because it was like being on the U.S. team. It was, I was always talking to my parents about like how like because you're on this program to where somebody can show up at your house at 5 a.m. and drug test you for a piss test. And I was like, none of us are on steroids. Get out of here. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like maybe somebody's smoking weed. And that's not really helping them, but do it if legalize that because who knows if the snowboarding would get any better, but it would be funner to watch. It'd be fun to see. I, yeah. This is this is my take. Maybe there's like a weigh in at the beginning too, like a wrestling weigh in. You know, they all like you got to be underweight. I think steroids should be mandatory. Mandatory in steroids. Yeah, I want to see the best. Commit to the see. game. It's part of the contract. I want to go past eighteen hundred. Yeah, man. if you're on the circuit, you're roiding. Roid Everybody's up. fighting at the top. Yeah, just a roid bar. I got another take. I got Open another roid take. bar. Uh, see, the reason why they test for weed. Weed is like steroids for your style. <laughs> true, dude. So true. I mean, kind of. <laughs> like, what? I, like, if you can harness that, I think. Dude, I got to say, a lot of the most stylish people are stoners. Like yeah, Bradshaw, they're just keeping Gooner. it chill. You. I don't but know. A lot of I mean, <laughs> when you stayed at my house, anyways. <laughs> no. no. Uh, that's cool to hear. But sick people don't smoke weed. And that's cool, too. True, there is a lot of shit. But blaze up, bro. If you're down. Yeah. Still claiming weed is steroids for snowboards. I'm going to back that, too. Respect. Uh, MJ of snowboarding. Sean Palmer. Wow. Didn't expect that one. Didn't expect that either. I like that, though. 
I don't know. There's like, I I wasn't around at that era really, but like nobody talks about anybody else. Like they talk about Sean Palmer. He's the best, and he won everything. And he and was like, a wild dude too. He was man. a wild dude, Stood out. and he killed it. And like made sick graphics, made memorable. Like everything he did was memorable. A good answer. He was punk rock as fuck. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Showed up. I went the biggest. I deserve to win. <laughs> yeah, biggest, fastest. Nobody's got that energy anymore. Yeah, he no. just had that attitude. He's like, oh, I'm gonna try skiing, and I'm actually gonna win that too. <laughs> He's just a winner. If you Dude. haven't seen Miserable Champion on Vimeo, watch that. I haven't. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, then you'll for sure be yeah. like, yeah, confirmed, MJ. You're gonna be hyped. Um, from our Patreon interview. I wrote a note of this for hot takes. Words to live by. Till the wheels fall off. Come on. Um, I mean, how much better does it get than like... I I remember reading this quote from... Uh, oh, my God. Who's the dude that lived in Aspen and was like, trying to be the mayor, but he's a... Uh, whatever. Um, Wrestler? No, he, he's a writer. Writer. And, like, was a political writer. Fear and Loathing in Las oh, Vegas. Um, Hunter, S. Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson. I remember seeing this quote that's, like, when when you're at the end of the road, do you want to be, like, shiny or do you want to be battered up and, like, barely making it through the finish line, you know? And for me, it's, like, I'd rather barely make it through that finish line and, like, have that have that be a journey where you are, like, I made it, but I'm not perfect, you know? <laughs> That's really cool to me, just the idea of, like, to get to where you want to be, you're going to have to get hurt, and there's going to be, like, things that you have no idea that are going to happen to you, and they're going to hit you, and they're going to, like, and they'll wipe your shirt off, like, whatever, you know? Whatever it is, you're going to get to that finish line, and you're going to be hurting, but it's going to feel a lot better than if you were there, like... With your watch on. Yeah. You have to have lived life, huh? Yeah. So run those wheels so they fall off and <laughs> run some more. God damn it. That's a great. I like that's that. Great. Makes me want to go just chuck ass and fucking land on my head. Dude, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but but then you get up there and you're like, ah, my wheels might stay on today. You <laughs> know? Keep these wheels on another yeah, day. I like these wheels. Dude, there's Which a- is a tough thing. Yeah, you got <laughs> to find that balance. There's a quote from uh, Ditka, I believe, and I think it's an ESPN Ditka. 30 for 30 big sports doc guy myself. And he's like, you know, it was in regards to him playing football for his whole life. He's a he's an absolute legend. And, Mike Ditka. And, and, and Saturday Night Live as well. <laughs> um, so he's like, you know, if I could go back in time, he's like, sure, my, sure my brain's foggy and I forget things and my bones hurt. And it's it's hard to move around, but it's like if I go back in time, I do it all over again. Hell, I go twice as hard, you know. <laughs> Dude, like fucking a dicko, let's go. <laughs> yeah, like that's what makes you excited to get up in the morning, you know. Yeah. Like you don't want to listen to somebody be like, "Yeah, I killed it, <laughs> I've crushed it, my life, and I'm awesome." Like you want to hear about somebody who hurt themselves, you know, and it's hard. Like, that's part of it. Push themselves and... It's... Yeah. You gotta go hell and back to fucking get to heaven kind of thing, and that's cool. <laughs> Reminds me of this quote. Was it, I think it's Wiz always says it. It was like, yeah, yeah. there was some snowboard dad and you, uh, a big bear, and it was... Uh, who's, who told me this? I'm gonna butcher it. I'm sorry whoever told me this, but he was, like, snowboarding with his, his kid, and his kid kept falling, and he's like, it's just part of it, homie. It's just part <laughs> of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what Wiz keeps saying. <laughs> 
it's goes part down. of it. It's, it's part, part of it, of it bro. Dude, it is. And embrace that. Embrace the challenges. It reminds me, while we're on these fucking quotes and motivational speeches, reminds me of Ronnie Coleman, okay? You guys know the legendary weightlifter? He's like, black dude. I feel he's like just, I've heard the name. Dude, he looks like just a specimen, right? Definitely on the roids. On the roids. <laughs> Big time on the roids. Roiding um, out. He would qualify for my version of the Olympics where steroids are mandatory. <laughs> so he's he's like lifting up these huge bars and everything, and he's like, He's like, everybody wants to get big, but ain't nobody want to lift no heavy-ass weight. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll put up like 700 pounds. Or ah. It's true. I feel that way. Everybody wants to get big, but yeah. nobody wants to pick up no heavy-ass weight, you know? Like, that really goes through any walk of life, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to be good, like, you got to put in reps every day. Like, there's, that's like, Red Bull time for me was like reps, 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 reps. And, uh, and then hanging out with red a lot recently in the last few years, like I've been in his house where he's got these features in his backyard and like, you can go out there and get reps, make muscle memory basically happen. And like, that's what makes things work. Like you got to snowboard a lot and you got to put in reps, but that's not only for snowboarding, you know, like you, whatever you do, if you put in reps and reps and reps and it doesn't work and it doesn't work, like that's the key to success is like just repetition and you'll figure it out, hopefully. <laughs> Trial by error. Yeah. We get DMs all the fucking time, and, and it's just such a corny question for us, maybe, because we're like, how do I get sponsored, right? And it's like, you, I mean, there's a million answers to that, but you got to get good. How do yeah. you get good? Raps. Red. Like, you got to snowboard a fuck ton. Look at dude. Red, dude. Red snowboards like four hours a day. Dude, like, if you... as And it'll be kind of quick, you know? Like, if you aren't snowboarding that much, and then all of a sudden you just get those reps up, like, you get stronger in all the right places, and it, that will happen. It'll be kind of slow, but, like... The confidence goes up when you're on board dude, all the time. if you're on board for a week, and then you take a day off, or, like, you're on board for a week, you feel good, and then you take a week off, like, you'll lose a little bit. And uh, that's been hard for me, like... Being in the competitions, you're snowboarding every day. You don't have to focus on anything else other than boarding every day. You go film something. You've got to build a jump. you got to check the weather. You might get kicked out of a spot. You might... Whatever happens, happens. And then you're just not snowboarding as much. And it's so easy. Like, I hurt my shoulder. I haven't snowboarded for, like, a month. And then... I get back on my board and like I feel all right, you know. Like I've snowboarded my whole life, I I feel all right. But it's not like when you're in April and you've been snowboarding all year, and finally your like tricks feel good. Like it takes a year for your tricks to feel good before you're like, all right, on to the next. Sometimes that's cut short because of the winter. I think you're like I'm just just starting to feel it, and it's April. <laughs> like damn, I wish I was back at that jump in January. Where I tried at 720, but I couldn't because it was the first time I tried it all year. And, like, being on the U.S. team and stuff, you'll go to these training camps in, like, like at these glaciers during the summer in November or something. So by the time it's January and you, you're at your first competition or, like, you've done a couple competitions or, or maybe you're on a powder jump, you've at least tried those tricks and landed them, like, 30 times at this, like, on a scary park jump compared to a powder jump, you know? 
I think that's pretty important is like getting your reps up and just knowing that like the more you do it, the better it'll be. It's great. Facts fu- right great there. fucking advice. Good yeah. advice. <laughs> All right. This is the perfect time to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor, Wild Mike's. Now, we always break the ice with our guests by eating pizza and cheesy bites before recording. All of their products are 100% all natural, no artificial anything. No joke, the pizza bites are incredibly tasty. They support us. You should support them. Follow them on Instagram, at Wild Mike's Pizza. They're always doing cool giveaways. They just did a damn uh, commercial with us, Wayne's, Wayne's World. And uh, let's get back to the show. I got a Patreon question. Yeah, let's hit it. <laughs> 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 Booyah, straight into it. <laughs> so, uh... This is kind of about maybe outside of snowboarding because we've talked a lot of snowboarding here. This is from Colin Gregory. So, uh, Nick, do you draw any inspiration outside of snowboarding that you incorporate into your boarding? If so, from what or who? Um, Colin Gregory? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, pretty much everything or nothing. But, like, I think every day I... Uh, for some reason, I think about snowboarding pretty much all the time. And so pretty much all of my inspiration comes from anything that I look at. Um, so, And I like to watch snowboarding, and I like to watch surfing, and I like to watch skateboarding. So it's easy to draw inspiration from things like skateboarding and surfing. You know, they're right at your fingertips, or fellow snowboarders. But then, whatever, all of a sudden you're like... Uh, like I like to mountain bike in the summer, like I'll be mountain biking and then I'll look over and I'll be like, wow, it's super nice. It looks like a kicker, you know, like whatever it is, for some reason, I think the way my brain works, like I've snowboarded for a long time, that's kind of all I think about. So almost everything I look at is like a snowboard thing. I can, in some weird way, you know, like Mm -hmm. in some weird way, it's like that kind of looks like a jump. (laughs) <laughs> or, like, it's not a jump, but, you know, you could, like, you could surf through that little thing, you know. What, what, however cheesy it is to you, or for me, everything's super cheesy when I look at it and I think, like, oh, well, all I can think about is snowboarding from that, like, whatever, bro. But it's actually true. Like, I actually think about snowboarding all the time. Charlotte Boss said it when he's in here. When you're not snowboarding, you're thinking about snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Dude, all the time. And Charlotte Boss would know better than any of us, I think, so. You ever go escapist mind and just dream about it? How's your... Yeah. I don't always remember my dreams, (laughs) but I have woke up a few times and been like, damn, I was ripping. Like, an actual snowboard dream. And being hurt and spending time... Like, we had quarantine from, like, March last year, so we had, like, almost nine months, probably, of not boarding. Like, I think... I know that I experience, like, some snowboarding dreams where I'm like, damn, like, that's what I'm thinking about right now. And I'm thinking about it heavily. Like, that's cool. Like, waking up kind of shocked that that's what you're thinking about. I've had that. Do you ever have those dreams where you jump too high and you're, like, falling, falling, falling? Yeah, but usually that's not for snowboarding for me. I've had falling dreams. That suck. I think they suck for everyone. <laughs> like, totally. uh, dude, on planes, actually, yeah, I've woken up yeah. and just, like, kicked the seat in front of me a few times or, like, whatever, nudge the person next to me, and then they look over, like, yeah, sorry, you got that creepy <laughs> yeah. twitch. Sorry. Yeah. Doubt. A falling dream is terrifying, though. Yeah. All of a sudden. Uh, earlier, we uh, discussed the fact that you 
hurt your uh, shoulder in a tugging it too hard, quote unquote, right. from Bill Enos. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Um, how do you deal with the the injury side? How's how's that rehab process, and and what do you do to keep your mind sane? I've, for the most part, haven't had too many long term injuries. I feel like usually every winter I'll have like two to three weeks of hurting myself. Um, and like, I've had like six months, like I hurt my knee when I was like 16, um, and was out for like eight months or nine months. And like my shoulder this time was like a month. Um, but whatever, like the whole time you're going to be thinking about snowboarding no matter what. And so if you can draw pictures or like whatever you can do to like kind of hit an escape in your mind is cool. And for me, I've noticed that if I can exercise a lot, like I like to like sweat in a day. Like if I can sweat during the day, I'll almost go to bed. Like I kind of killed it today, even though like I didn't do shit, you know, like maybe it's just running from point A to point B. Um, Like if I can go to sleep sweating and know that like I'm working to heal my shoulder I'm, like, comfortable going to bed. And I think when you're hurt, a lot of the times it's hard to fall asleep with yourself. And uh, for me, it's just, like, do whatever you can to make tomorrow better. When you're in, like, a time like that, you, like, need a little bit of light. So you have to make that light for yourself. And for me, it's just, like, work, like, try to sweat or try to read some of this book that, like, has this mental help in it that may help you in the future whatever it's cheesy but like it could help and when you're hurt it's important to have those like little things of light where you're like whatever like my friend might think this is weird but like it for some reason i sleep better doing it no that's yeah otherwise you get depressed exactly yeah get it's so easy to get depressed when you're hurt and you have to like almost fight to not get depressed and so do exercise reading and and i saw you doodling or you're into drawing and shit like that just kind of like in a doodle book or like whatever. I saw I'm not good, you know, but it's cool. Like whatever you can doodle around, and draw like whatever. Like I, I'm not good at it, you know. So I'm not like I'm putting my drawings on places or like I'm tagging something. You know, I think that stuff's cool, but I'm not comfortable with the way my stuff looks. It's not good enough. Whatever or but that doesn't matter <laughs> at the same time. Well, um, I think it's a good time for a guest question from uh, our boy Red Gerard, which is once again presented by Solomon. Here we go. Yo, bombhole crew. It's Red Gerard here. I've got a question from my buddy Nick Baden, wondering what it was like guinea pig in Chad's Gap and how you felt going into that one. That's a great question. Good question. I think Sage talked a bit about it. Um, Chad's Gap or our experience on the Chad's Gap you know and it's like like him I had seen footage from a long time and whatever like for some reason Chad's Gap is talked about more than any other jump ever I think right like for some reason you're like oh Chad's Gap you know and then you see I remember when I was younger I saw Tanner Hall break his ankles you know on Chad's Gap and then you know that that's Chad's Gap (laughs) and so we went up there and it was, like, kind of a funny crew. It was Sage, myself, uh, Mike Boggs, and, oh, my God, 
the wet, dude. And was it Hale helped shovel a little bit, maybe? Yeah, I don't know if Hale was there the first day. Okay, the wep was there. The wep was fucking. Who's there. the wep? Uh, Jack Daw. Yeah, Jack Daw. They call him the wep because he shoots photos, videos, and everything. He's an all around weapon. Oh, He's the short for weapon. Around weapon. Yeah, <laughs> dude kills it. And Let's give him a quick air horn too. Straight up. So it was like four of us, and I had been talking to Sage, and we had wanted to hit the jump next to it, which is called Pyramid Gap, which is a sick jump. And like the people, a lot of people that I had talked to have been like. That one kind of shoots better than Chad's gap, and it's a little bit smaller. So I've always been like, damn, would rather hit that one, you know? And so we went up there, and some skiers were hitting it that day. And we looked over, and whatever. It was like, all right, we're going over there. We're going we're gonna to build this thing. And first day, maybe Malachi was there too, actually. Malachi Gerard, Red's brother. And, or maybe he got there the second day. I'm not sure, but. I think he was there the first day. And we, whatever. We get there. We just kind of start going to work, like, on the biggest build ever. Like, I guess, <laughs> like, we padded down a little zone. It was, I, I, Like, how do you start, almost, was, like, kind of a thing for me. Is like, where do you start to build this thing? And Sage just took charge, and he was like, let's flatten this out. Then we'll block from over here. So you start cutting these snow blocks. And then end of the first day, Sage and I like walk up a little bit on the in run and it was too far left, clearly. And I was like, what if we just made the in run from here? But it was like way too much compression. And so then the second day came, but the, we had more people coming the second day. So it was like Gabe Ferguson showed up with Ben Ferguson, Tyler Wharton showed up. There was like a few more people. Continued to build it the second day. And then um, by the third day, which is kind of when we had to hit it because there was rain coming, so it was, like, kind of pressures on. But I kind of suck at that. Like, for me, the whole time I was like, dude, if, what, like, I don't have to hit it, you know? Like, I, I, I'm trying my best to do it, but if it's, like, if it's sketchy and I don't want to do it, I don't really want to do it. And whatever, it was the third day, it was sunny, it was sick, and we, like, had tried a couple runs, but the the in-run was so bumpy and chattery and scary and just unsafe. Like, you couldn't hold an edge, really, because you were on, like, a mellow or mogul, mogul field type of thing. And uh, and I remember being, like, kind of loud, and maybe nobody rocked with it, but I was like, yo, like, maybe we just don't hit it type of thing, <laughs> you know? Like, maybe we call it. And that was short-lived. And then... Um, we were all, we did like a Rochambeau and it's not like a snowmobile jump where you're like sledding people up. You're all kind of hiking together, which I really like. So we were all in the jump. We did a little Rochambeau. Um, Sage got out first, which is like, all right, like if any of us are going to hit it first, like this bro should probably be the one to do it. <laughs> and, uh, so he's out first. He's not, he's not hitting it first. Cause he got to choose, right? If you're out first. Right. Did like, he out for second or did he out for third or? I think he was just like, I'm, I'm out. I think it was kind of like if you if you as long lose, as I don't hit it first, right? I don't know how it went, but it was like, all right, he's out. I got out second, so then it's Ben and Gabe brothers, like Rochambeau, and you you can just see in Gabe's eyes like he really doesn't want to do this. And then whatever, Ben loses, so he's supposed to hit it first. 
So we all hike up. We're all kind of tripping, but it's nice because we're all together. Like sometimes you're at the top of a jump by yourself and it sucks. And we were all together. Leland's up there with his camera and he's always kind of joking around. And uh, Ben went in and like was going way too fast and slammed on the brakes and like kind of flew over the back. From the top, we're like, see, all right, like what happened? Because it is like a, it's a full channel gap, you know, Mm -hmm. it dips pretty far. Like if you were to go like 40 or 50 feet or maybe 30, you'd like drop like 50 feet onto like a valley. Yeah. Cat track in there. So we were like, what the fuck just happened? And luckily he like kind of, he slowed down enough to where he only went like 10 feet over the jump or something into like some soft snow. But there was kind of a tree and it shook a little bit. So we're like, what just happened? Whatever, he was all right, and then we were at the top at Sage, um, Gabe and I. Gabe was kind of tripping, and I, I, like, looked at Ben when he was going in, and I was like, I think he's got it. Like, there was some, like, weird click in my mind that was like, dude, we got it. And uh, I was like, I think I can do it, and I went. So and you I, just opted to go it. first, you, you subbed out Gabe. Yeah. But it was like, it, was, it wasn't like a big dick move, you know? It was just like a natural, like, yo, I think. I think I got it, you know, like you kind of need somebody like that sometimes to be Mm -hmm. like, I feel comfortable, especially when you don't feel I've been on the opposite side of it, you know, and you don't feel comfortable. Homie goes and all of a sudden you're like, all right, we can do it. And uh, whatever. In that time, I just felt good about it. And uh, it worked out. So you went front three, FT, first try, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I did a front three first go and like landed really good. And you actually stopped. Yeah, I mean, it was sketchy in there. I was flailing. FT, but like, though, that's dope. But it was sick, whatever. Yeah. Like, I landed. I was flailing around. I landed it. It was like, boom. It's Gabe on. dropped next. He cleared it good. Did a back three. Sage did it next. Did a back three. Cleared it perfect. Boom. Like, we're in. Sesh Let's is on. It. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, that was actually, like, that was a really sick time. Like, I remember, like, hiking up from that. Just from the first jump being like, damn, like, I'm kind of good on today almost, you know? <laughs> like, like, I did a good job. And it's like a cool, that's like a cool feeling. It's some gladiator <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, dude, all right, is. bros, I got this shit. That is Giddy gladiator, that. dude. Like 300 style. Like It is. And it's, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like hardcore, like hard body. Like, yo, I'm a man up and do this shit for you guys. You know, like, <laughs> no, it was just like, I think I could, like, for some reason, I felt like I could do it pretty easily at that and you point. Did. Yeah. And it worked. One thing I like to get into a hard hitting topic, um, you know, we talking sperm retention, or are we talking like kind of keep it casual before um, the big day? I didn't ejaculate <laughs> <laughs> in the. I don't know the the precise time of previous ejaculation. Um, I don't know my last sperm before the but the night before first run. No, because we were like in a hotel. I was I was rooming with Sage, so. Nah. It was like, so there was some retention. But Sage probably did. There was some light retention going on. Yeah, I think because he's a he's a retention guy, right? Well, so, he, no, he won the Olympics. He likes without, the release. He, yeah, or he, he went, likes the release. He went uh, full release. Yeah. I mean, I want to say neither of us released before. You don't know what he was doing knows? in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the old computer under the towel move. Yeah, the old yeah. late night. <laughs> I gotta take a shower. <laughs> the bed shaking late night in the second bed over there. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> that didn't happen, actually. But, or I didn't wake up People to that. that. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's slapping a bowl of pudding. Next to you. Are you eating? <laughs> nope, not eating over there. <laughs> Is that a cliff bar? Turn the light back off. Are you nervous? <laughs> you got a Patreon for us, buds? I got one from uh, Jake Schneider. 
Schneider. Um, so you're riding for Sims. The best. He wants to know what the biggest thing that drew you to Sims snowboard was. So Sims is kind of weird. Like a lot of my growing up in snowboarding, Sims hasn't been that cool. And they've sponsored kind of weird people and they've never, they've, dude, like nothing that sick, you know, like I've never been like, yo, he, that dude's on a Sims. I want to be like riding that. But you look before when I was like paying attention and you're like, Sims is the sickest shit ever, dude. Like the people that rode for them, even if it was for a short time, like the, uh, all the people that have rode for Sims for a little point, like are pretty damn sick. And um, whatever, like we've talked about Sean Palmer a little bit, like he's the sickest. Noah Selaznik, like there's just people who've stood out that ride Sims boards. And, um, MFM. dude, big time. And like, that was somebody who was like a short period, right? Like, like that was a short period, but it's like Marco, like running that and he's riding a Sims board and it's badass. And there's people that also did that, but, um, so then it was actually a mutual friend of ours named Jordan Brown who needs, yep. Uh, Gotta hit him with an air horn. Dude, and like, I have, I've known him for a pretty long time, but kind of never hung out with him. And then the summer that Sims was kind of getting going, like we went to the skate park together and like we went, I think we all went to lunch that one time in Copper, you know, mm-hmm. and like there was just more time hanging out with Jordan. I was becoming friends with Teddy Koo, who was also working, who just got, like got picked up by Sims. So basically Sims, what's really cool is like, my friends, Keegan Vileka and Scott Blum had been like, Scott was riding these Sims boards in Japan for like that season. And they were like, kind of, they like were interested in Scott and the way he rode and like what kind of wanted to sponsor him, but they were fully Japan based. Like there was no sales in the U S for like two or three years during this time because the U S Sims gave all the rights, I think to Sims Japan. Um, Obviously, I'm a little bit wrong in all of this, but then Scott's, like, riding the boards for a year. He's feeling it, and then he's, like, kind of trying to get sponsored, you know, and then he's bringing Keegan's name up because Keegan didn't have a board sponsor, too, so then they were kind of a package deal. It sounded like this, my part of the story, you know, and Teddy knows how to speak Japanese, so he's kind of the middleman who's, like, yo, if you want that, you know, we could do this and whatever. So then they all group up, Jordan, Teddy, uh, Keegan, Scott, and Jordan all kind of were like, if if you don't add him, like if you don't get Keegan on, then I'm not going to do it. And each of them said that, you know, and if you don't get Jordan on for that position, I'm not doing it. So all four of them dropped in together. And so then from then it was like, boom, like all of my dogs are part of this. And... Sage and I were talking about a board company for like four years at the time, like, and it was, and we had always wanted to do it, and it was this weird time, but uh, like Sage has helped me more than anybody else, other than like my parents, probably, you know, like, I, forever. When I was super young, when I was like twelve or when I was like fifteen or something, I remember he had me out to a jump shoot in Park City, and it was Bodie Merrill and co-card and like a couple random people but it was like this big jump with a quarter pipe on the landing so it was like kind of a death gap type of thing 
and he had me out for that, and that was like, whoa, like, sick. Like, we had met a couple times before, but not legit, and so he had me out for that, and I like, got really sick or whatever. I ended up puking in, like, a whatever. We don't even talk about that. Uh, whatever. <laughs> off subject. I just remember you guys, <laughs> this is totally off subject, but you're like, if you don't have a good pu- or uh, shit story, then you can't trust him, but, yes. like, Maybe you can't trust me because I haven't had that many shit stories, but I puked all the time when I was younger. Really? Maybe bodily fluids. Maybe we, maybe we bodily fluids. Bodily fluids. Yeah. Dude, like, just any car ride, plane ride, like, I'm puking. <laughs> really? Yeah, gross. So it's not even, like, food poisoning or No, sickness, it was motion like sickness. Motion sickness, motion, sickness motion, bro. You're motion a not nauseated yeah. son. Like, you and people Bradshaw. would want to go on mm. the roller coaster. Like, I would, I'm not down to go on the roller coaster. The ride up to Big Bear. Puke. Yeah. Must be a rough one for I've you. I've puked on that for sure. You got to, really? Yeah. Like, up and down, you gotta, dude. You like, got to take the you, back rope. You got to go. Now it's better, you know. What's now your What's go. your MO for, uh, what, you got a code red puke scenario. What's your, I've seen my buddy Granger puke into his own jacket fleece. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Is that um, a move you ever pulled by any chance? I've never pulled that. I've pulled, like, whatever. You puke into a beanie, and there's obviously holes in the beanie that, <laughs> and, like, one time I was on a plane when I was younger, and my dad was right next to me, and I went, on him. You puked on your dad. Dude, like, he's like, what the fuck was that? Like, I remember we were in the bathroom. He's, like, changing his pants. Because this was kind of normal. Like, if He just you, puked if, a lot. Yeah, like, if 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 uh, you were my mom or dad, you were travel with, like, an extra clothing set. And I would, too, in my backpack. <laughs> he's a big-time puker. Dude, like, nobody was, like, any... We would drive, like, three hours, dude. I was puking, for sure. Like, No way. Yeah. Does this still happen? No. Not at all, actually. A lot of drama mean. A lot of drama mean. Yeah, drama mean. I don't know what what happened, but it wasn't. Whatever. It, I haven't puked for a while because of motion. But you're um, all doing a sick air spinning too much. Blah. Eighteen hundred guaranteed. Eighteen hundred guaranteed to puke. He's all puke. over the place. <laughs> straight up. <laughs> <laughs> like a sprinkler On going around. <laughs> Uh, puked but on one Bill time, Enos at least thirty times out there training. <laughs> I puked on Bill. I puked on Bill before. Oh, yes. um, <laughs> All right, dude, we're learning something. I guess about my Nick. good my good puke story would be at that jump session. I got sick. This was like the night after. Like we killed. We did a good job. Um, Sage actually killed it. Like ended up riding into the sunset. Everybody else was kind of done. And him and I. That might have been my foot. Oh. I, I was staying, like, downstairs, and I had this bag of dried mangoes that I was always snacking on. I really liked them, and they were, like, super sugary and super good, and whatever. Like, I got sick that night after we ate sushi. I'm not blaming on the sushi. I'm just saying. And puked all that next day, and, like, Sage kind of came in at, like, noon and was like, yo, like, are you sleeping? And I was like, no, I'm sick. And I puked in this mango bag, like my bag of mangoes that I was eating. <laughs> I just puked in there. Like so I called it. Boom. <laughs> and then, and that was kind of happening all night. So I'd like puke in there and then I'd run that over to the bathroom, pour it out. Like, cause nobody was awake yet. And then once everybody was awake, I'm like kind of feeling better, but like puking in my mango bag. And then finally Sage comes in and he's like, is all <laughs> like grabs it? It's like you've been puking at this. It's like yeah, whatever. He's just been my boy forever, <laughs> dude. Like got whatever. your back. He's got my <laughs> People back. People have your like, back. I would puke, dude. and he, and he was like, I oh, got rid of it, you know, and whatever. They went and did their thing that night, and I remember I was like at that house, just posted up, and since then he's let me stay at his house, like 
every year I've probably gone there for over a month. That's like, so every dope. year. And like one time, a couple years when he had no roommates, it was just him and his girlfriend. I would go there like around Christmas time. <laughs> I remember one time they were like setting up a mini Christmas tree, and I was like there. <laughs> you know? Just hanging, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, setting yeah. up their tree. <laughs> and he's just been my boy the whole time. He's helped me out so much. Um, yeah, that's obvious. Fucking man. He's a dope dude. But sorry, so we he were. railed the Sims. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about. This board company for years and how, like, we wanted to, to do it. And it just got more difficult and more difficult with the factory and who was involved. And, like, he he was more a part of it than I was, you know. But I was like, dude, like, let me know about, like, every decision kind of, you know. And it was like, then it was, like, whatever phone calls would happen and be like, damn, like factory is doing this now or like they need this from us and then it'd be like all right we got them that by the next day and then we wouldn't hear for a month and then it was like dude i've got this i had this really cool opportunity at sims with a lot of people that i look up to and i've always really valued like being part of a team i think that's really sick like i've i grew up like playing sports you know i'm a fan of teams but just snowboarding, I've always been like, yo, like, that's a team, you know? They help each other get good clips and, like, talk shit on somebody else, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sick. Have each other's back. Yeah, dude. And, um, and with the whatever, like, our board thing didn't work out. And I had this really cool opportunity at Sims that we had talked about for, like, six months, you know? And I had talked to everybody there. I talked to... Uh, Brock Nielsen, who was going to film it or like film most of the stuff for them, who is. And I talked to Scott Blum. I talked to Keegan Baleka. I talked to Teddy. I talked to Jordan. You know, I talked to Cody Warble. And it was like, dude, like, that's where I want to be, you know? And uh, like, I couldn't be more happy with the way it worked out currently. You know, like, whatever happens, happens. But. We have a really cool group, and that's what drew drew me to the brand. Was like those that like those four people all went in together. So it's like, and I think Butters maybe was part of that too. Maybe it was five people that were like, "If you're not doing it, I'm not doing it." Yeah, having some back of your friends, that's cool, dude. And that's cool. And like for me, that's just hard not to want to be a part of, especially if you're friends with them. And I was, and I like riding with them, and uh, that's what drew me to Sims. Was like. First, there's a sick history, and then... You can't forget Terry Kidwell back in dude, the day, dude. The father like, of style there, dude. But dude, when I was a kid, like, he was just running it. And Terry Kidwell, what's sick about him is, like, he's still around. Like, yeah, still Going shreds. to shred stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what's cool. Those boards were dope, and they kind of kept that same look, too, of the... Mm -hmm. They had the Sim Switchblade back in the day, and... Yeah, it's dope to see it come back with a crew like you guys have. It's just, like, memorable, you know? Yeah. And, like, this graphic, not to be a plug or anything, but, like... Plug it. Plug. This is a fucking... Like, that's, like, a remake of, like, a graphic they had done in the past, you know? Like, I don't know if that's you can sick, see that, dude. but, like, mm -hmm. I guess it's upside it's down. It's upside but down, but... What, what's the name of that board? Uh, this is called the UAP. I think Unidentified something... Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Oh, shit. Which I guess is what they're kind of calling a UFO these days. Yeah, they Not changed really the UFO, name of UFOs. Yeah, so whatever. That's, yeah, we like to talk about board. setups on um, this show. But yeah, that's like a new board, you know, and it's like a, a 
a throwback to that original graphic, which is kind of cool to be a part of. That's sick. Even History, though it doesn't, man. whatever, doesn't mean anything, but it, it's cool. Well, it looks like there might be a little ode to Farmer, or I mean Palmer, yeah. Palmer on there with the clown. Yeah, with the clown. There's like the little clown on there. That's sick. It's kind of like the bass and whatever. It's cool. What uh? What's your stance on that bad boy? What do you ride? Um, I ride. I measured it the other day. Actually, it's like twenty one inches, and then usually I'll go like eighteen front, negative three or zero, or positive three on the back foot, or like positive twenty one. Positive. That's, that's what I ride, and you made fun of me, dude. Negative three, eighteen. No, you go, said something crazy. I do like, positive fifteen, negative six sometimes. That's like freestyling. No, I think you said I'm you honest, like. That's what I ride. We got to reference that. But yeah. <laughs> we'll have to reference that. Pull that up. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my. I kind of fuck around like with the distance and angles. Yeah, I feel like the kids these days don't even measure. They don't even know sometimes. No, <laughs> well, I measured for put the first it on, time. Looks recently. good. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of as far as flex and board do you like to ride and size and all that stuff? Um, camber definitely. I like a traditional camber board. Stiff. Pretty stiff. Not a board. Not like a plank. You know, <laughs> a but half like by board. Yeah. Definitely stiff. To where you're not like like you can land on the tail and actually land something and not loop out or land on the nose and just loop out or I like a board that holds an edge this side cut seems like a little bit less aggressive than some of them like sometimes an aggressive side cut is kind of sweet because you can just rail an edge um I'll ride like a 53 to like 57 in like park or whatever or like the streets maybe and then like if I'm in the backcountry maybe a 59 or 62 or something like that Big boy, yeah. That's how I you like land. That's how you land shit. Yeah, and you can, and you make it to the landing because it's stable. Yeah, and I don't, I don't mind a big board. I think like a lot of things look cooler with a big board. You can go fast with a big board. I like to go fast, so yeah, it's more stiff, stable. Stiff board. Uh, when you're at a, like a, a large, like stiffer board, you can you kind of ride differently. Like you attack, mm-hmm. you go bigger. You're comfortable going faster. You know, Aggressive. it's horrible in like a smaller snowboard park. You're basically useless. Right. But if you're riding like backcountry and you want yeah, to go fast, you showed up to go big, basically, yeah. Yeah. with a big board, and just speed. Like a lo- I like to go down the mountain fast and like not wait, you know. And my board probably kind of caters to that. Looks like thinking it. about it, you know. Just to rewind back, when he was talking about the Sims crew, it reminded me of your Wu Tang business model. That's the model. Dude. What is it? The old Wu Tang business plan: <laughs> get a sick crew and go all out, man, dude. Get, get the boys together. All out. Who was saying that the other day that I saw? We were. Were you? <laughs> it was on the podcast. We did say it in somebody's episode. Okay, sick. Who was saying that the other day? Um, you know, we didn't Dude, talk much about... It's the school of woo. Straight up. Um, get us a crew and go all out. That's like, if you could do anything for snowboarding, that's what you want to do, you know? <clears throat> you want to be with your sickest homies and do the coolest thing you can. Travel the world, hang out. Yeah, and go all out. Go all out, do everything you can do. So the wheels fall off, bro. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we skimmed over is uh, cheddar biscuits. Woo! Now, um, I was thinking about you, you know, one that we don't like to talk about current because that's yeah. a little bit off. T- but you You're did, not supposed to talk about current contracts ro- in life. You rode for You're Red not, Bull. I guess, yeah. Rode for Red Bull. Yeah. What kind of biscuits? What kind of biscuit chickens biscuit. are we talking? Dude. Uh, Give us a little fiscal. I got, I think, like, the first year that, like, they gave me a helmet and stuff. I Is got, that the like, big thing? Like, do you get the DC ring on DC? You get the Red Bull helmet? It's like, I mean, yeah, but, like, 
Yeah, I guess. A, a DC <laughs> ring is probably cooler than a Red Bull helmet, you know? Like, there's a uh, kind of, if you're on Red Bull, you get the helmet. I think, like, the DC thing, you got to be kind of, like, pro, you know? They got to, like, induct you. Um, but on Red Bull, it was like, all right, you're on, you get this helmet. Um, I think I got $8,000 for, like, it was, like, $8,000 salary, $8,000 travel, and then, like, for your max incentive was like eight thousand dollars for the year. Maybe that was like two years. What age? Thirteen. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's sweet. That's like yes. a million dollars for yeah, a that's normal like a million person. Dollars. When, when I was 13, when you were thirteen, you got eight yeah. racks. When I was thirteen, yeah. if I got like twenty bucks off somebody, <laughs> I was like, damn, son. Dude, and it was, it was fucking sick. <laughs> Whatever, I'll get hated on. But from that, I bought a trampoline. Like that's where I Boom. was. You know, like. <laughs> I was a kid and I wanted like dude. When you're thirteen, trampolines are kind of dope. That's like when you're thirteen, trampolines are baller. Yeah, they're dude, baller. You're man. the man if you got a trampoline, dude. And I dude. got this baller trampoline. It was sick. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's such a dope thing to buy with your Red Bull money. And then, at thirteen, like, though, what else does a kid need, man? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, after that, I got like a fatter contract that was probably more like twenty G's, like kind of legit. And now how old was this? Like fifteen. Damn, dude, you yeah, make good money before that's you were again even working like a million dollars yeah, for a fifteen like a million year old dollars. dude. <laughs> like I was probably fifteen or fourteen or I don't know. And uh, that, then I like had that for a year or two and got dropped. I remember he was the guy, the team manager, like at the time was like, to be honest with you, like your contract is similar to like. He said this skier dude who was, like, winning the X Games that year. Obviously, I didn't do that. And he was like, this is kind of the, like, caliber you're up against. Like, this is why you're getting dropped. And I was like, fair enough, you know. <laughs> but, like, why don't you just offer me a little bit less? Like, I'm I'm down. You know, I was never like, fuck you, bro. But, I mean, like, I guess I was like that. Once I got dropped, I was like, you're a dick. <laughs> But he wasn't. I guess he was just doing his job. That's the problem, yeah. These guys got a but, budget. Dude, and, like, when you're 13 and you get sponsored by somebody like Red Bull, you look at Travis Pastrana and you're like, these are my boys for life, mm. you know? And, like, once you're not fitting their mold, then they're out and the next 13-year-old's in. And that's just part of the game, you know? Mm. Like, I got on and then... Uh, like Lion Farrell got on Red Bull and Red and Toby. It was like a bunch of people that kind of got on and it was like, boom, like we got a bunch of you now, Nick. And now you're like not caring as much. So you're out of here. And that was just like their business plan is like, well, they're, you yeah, and they're grabbing bounce. all these young kids mm -hmm. and waiting to see which one's elevating to the next level and the ones that don't are out. Yeah. And there's probably like of those like five or eight, Six people, there's probably like one or two that are still on Red Bull now. Yeah. You know? So that's like your family you right up until you're not. Back, yeah, your family yeah. right up until you're not family anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll hook you up until then, you know. Mm -hmm. They'll want you to do as good. Like, And not just Red Bull. Everybody runs that, your family. Exactly. Until you're not. And then it's over. Like, And you're young and you don't care. You like, know or what, like though? you care, but you don't know what's up. Yeah. You got to be appreciative of those biscuits because they, yeah. like, they, they don't come along. And when especially you, when you then, get them, like, take them, you know. And my parents have always supported me, like so big, to where like that money went to the bank, you know. Really, and they were yeah, smart with smart. you. You were smart. I they, mean, they, they helped you. They hooked smart. me up, you know. Like I'm, I wasn't the smart one, but they would, like that money went to the bank. 
for me and then they would hook me up which is so sick yeah. or like whatever you know went to a trampoline or like yeah which isn't which is know, baller yeah, well and it's also only like cool. 800 bucks of the whatever right money you got you know Give you one Dude, nice Dude, I got toy. a baller trampoline. It was more yeah. than eight. Oh, it was, oh, it was one of those ones <laughs> you go super high Dude, on. Yeah, and like, ones. there was pads around it. Yeah. Dude, it was probably like two grand or something. That should help with your something. air awareness and stuff. No doubt. Yeah? Yeah. I tell you, Perhaps. I can't. I got no air awareness. Tweaks. Can't jump on a trampoline for shit. Can barely do a backflip. You didn't have but one when you were a kid? I actually did. I just tramp skate. I did, and actually, I just That's it. didn't come naturally. I'm like, yeah. I can't. not that good at doing flips. I was always like hanging out with skiers when I was younger. Like, there wasn't many snowboarders my age. Um... So I would be, like, grabbing my feet, like, on the trampoline. That's like, baller, dude. Cross my legs up and shit. <laughs> really? Like, no doubt. Like, no for doubt. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's baller, but, like. It's baller. Dude. That's well, baller. I, uh, that's just part of it. So, know? when I Whatever was in, uh, in I think, maybe 10th or 11th or 12th grade, we uh, brought my trampoline into the school and did a demo for the school. And, That's the, and the news showed up, dude. I wish you did I flips and shit. Oh, dude, we just the whole, the whole snowboard crew just all jumped on the tramp for the <laughs> just a session. And the news showed up, That's like the, the Colchester, Vermont news, and interviewed us and all that. And so it, I sick. wish I had that video. That'd I bet be that, sick. that footage is gold, gold, dude. Um, one last thing, because I we're kind of getting yeah, close to it. Um, but I was talking to Red and his brother, uh, Kai, and he was saying that you I forgot to talk about the fact that you tried to back rodeo chads and got severely. You came close, but you got bodied a couple times, right? Yeah, I got bodied a couple times. I probably tried it like I, I tried like a front side ten a couple times, and just like it just wouldn't work. Like I tried it like two or three times, and off the takeoff, I was like not happening. Mm-hmm. And then I tried it back rodeo. I think only like twice, and I was like, I think the way I do this move, it's a little bit too big for like the way my rotation comes around. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I got bodied a couple times. But, like, nothing major. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I think we've we've been doing it for a minute. Um, what, what's next for uh, Iron Baden? Um, or Master Baden, whichever yeah. one. <laughs> Iron Master Dealer's Tomato, choice. tomato. <laughs> uh, we're working on the Sims video. Um, I'm really excited about it. And... I guess, like, I'm just trying to keep snowboarding and, like, make videos. I would, honestly, I want to see more competitions. Like, in a cool way, I think competitions could make it, like, a little bit of a comeback in a cool way. And I think a lot of people now have good ideas about how to do that. And film as much as, like, I can. But, like, I think there's a, a point between, like, filming a bunch and, like, snowboarding. And my best days are always on the resort. Like, that's just the way I like it. And everybody's different. But every day that, like, I can ride on a resort, I think some people are like, yo, that's kind of a wasted day almost. Like, if you're trying to film a part, people are like, why are you going to the resort, bro? Like, for me, that's, like, not a waste of a day at all. That's, like, part of the game, dude. Like, bring your camera then, you know? Well, that's Maybe you'll spray some skiers, shit up, you know? Dude, yeah. You know? And exactly. It's get those reps up and... Yeah. As long as, like, I can be snowboarding and making it work, I'm, like, really excited to be snowboarding. Dope. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I think we did it. Um, sure. Yeah. I think we did it, man. You want to, you, know, you got anyone you want to thank before we get out of here and sign off? I got a little list here. Sure. Yeah. Um, I talked about Sage for a while. Sage has helped me a lot. Um, I just want to thank him. 
obviously my parents, like first and foremost, they've been the shit and like really helped me not only like with the competitions, but just like follow what you want to do and like get smarter, you know, along the way. There Rarely there's like a snowboarder that's on the trip with you that's going to be like, yo, like take in information, you know? Like my parents would always say that if you're traveling somewhere, like take it in and a lot of times people don't pay attention to that, so that's sick. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Just like the people at Sims, like Keegan Valeka and Scott Blum especially, and Brock Nielsen have, like, hooked me up with so many things um, and just taught me about cool stuff. Tyler Orton has helped me a lot filming and just, like, having my back. Whatever. He's awesome. Help, help, has helped me a bunch. Bill Enos. There's another dude that I've worked with, or he was my coach when I was younger, and his name's Luke Kessler, and he's actually, he's a masshole. Yeah, I remember him from back in the day. Sick. Yeah. Uh, do you know that shop, The Garden? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he's a he, ripper, dude. Dude, he's a ripper. So he lived in Steamboat for a while with his brother, and he helped me out so much, and like, my, him and I would like, just like, go and ride sometimes, <laughs> and that was sick. Having, like, somebody older than you that kind of gives you a little direction is cool. And I've had so many people like that, from Sage to, like, people like Luke, that I feel like it's almost my duty to, like, try to help somebody do that or at least, like, help facilitate something that I can. And uh, so, yeah, I guess I couldn't thank them enough. Chaz Gouldemond. Chuck G. Like, That's dope, dude. Dude, like... He's the best. Chaz is dope. Beyond dope, bro. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is. Dude, like... Like, you've gotten influence from him, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I'm influenced by him. Like, I uh, I was in California for, like, the last month, and he, my, like, one of my biggest takeaways was he came over and nobody was at the house, and I just chatted with him for, like, two hours, bro, and, like, his son, Rocky, was just on his bike, like, slamming. In the front yard, we built him a little jump, and, like, we just chatted about all this stuff, about whatever, snowboarding to, like, what he's doing, personal life, and he's always had my back right there with Bill, like, so sick. His brother, uh, Vertical Scrumptious, just signed up for Patreon. Oh, nice. Yesterday. He gave us that Dunkin' Donuts board behind sick. your head, actually. Um, and I guess, like, the Ferguson family and the Gerard family, um... Have oh like I've gone to both of their houses since I was so young and just grew up snowboarding with them and like they've helped me a priceless amount and uh, couldn't thank them enough. That's interesting, man. You have all these people that are so dope, dude. That, that surrounds you, and that's the advice for the kid, you know, that wants to get sponsored. Meet the people, man. Meet the good people. Yeah, surround yourself. With surround good yourselves with good people, and and it, like you're shit's saying, gonna like, happen. It's not what you do; it's who you know, or whatever. Like. That's true. Like, you do need to have skill and work hard. But, like, to make, to, facil- to facilitate that, like, you need people to help. Mm-hmm. And, like, my group of people has been, like, I, I just, I know I've got the sickest people behind me, straight up. Like, that's dope. Does. A lot of people have your back hard. Yeah. And it's and so like, dope. That's so dope. And I, uh, it's, it's easy to, be like, oh, whatever. Like, everybody's got that, you know? It's important to really understand that. And, like, and it's cool to thank people. I think it's hard sometimes, you know? It's hard 
it's hard sometimes to even tell somebody like, oh, I liked your footage last year, bro. Like, that's kind of a weird thing sometimes. But, dude, like, tell people that you like their stuff and thank people and say please, you know? like goes a long way, man. It really does. And uh, I think that's cool. When you notice somebody that's kind of got those same ideals, you'll gravitate towards mm-hmm. them big time. And just people have had my back, so I thank all of them. God damn it, Baden, you just Good killed it. words. Uh, yeah, <laughs> great words. I think we're going to wrap it up and get out Ooh. of here. Should we blaze? Yeah, yeah, I think spark one up. All just right, spark blaze. one up. As we, as we take him out, he's going he's gonna to fucking... I think <laughs> you and Willie McMillan are the only pre- people who... Uh, That's true. Did huh? Willie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Dude. Amongst other things, I Amongst believe. Amongst other things. Yeah, we don't even know what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, for the listeners, um, yeah, Baden... Is uh, he's smoking on something, and we're gonna leave you with that. Blazing. Get out of here. And Willie I, seems like the man, by the way. He is the man. Absolutely. Let's give him an airport. The other day was awesome. Yeah, he was pretty on point the other day. <laughs> Dude, him and Todd were so funny. Those guys. Yeah, to hear Todd kind of like not on a official channel, like he was just on. He point. did switch yeah, he into was. NBC yeah. mode, and when he did switch in, it was like what? Well, dope, Nick. Nick, Dope. thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys tuning in week in, week out. And I'm going to leave you with get those reps up. Over those and out. Reps up. Over and out from the bomb hole. See you guys.